So the Ontario government has frozen the funding from Give, Send, Go. First, GoFundMe says we're shutting this down. Now you've got government officials basically saying that these donations are, are you, you can't give them out. It's illegal. It's a legal activity. They're going to block it from transferring through banks. It's pretty serious. But let me just say, over target much. When Black Lives Matter goes out and does whatever they want, when Antifa goes out and does whatever they want, they don't care. They barely do anything. Why? Because it's not actually in opposition to the system. And this is how you can tell. When truckers show up and park their cars, it is so disruptive. Trudeau has crybaby panic attacks, and the government desperately tries to stop the funding of these protests. We got more news that apparently, I don't know if this is true, there's going to be a U.S. convoy starting at the Super Bowl. And I kind of, I don't know if I believe that. Because that sounds like, you know, why would truckers go and protest regular people who are minding their own business? Why would they go to a government building or D.C. or something? But we'll get into all that stuff. We've also got inflation. Inflation is bad. It's the worst since 1982, except when you actually take a look at how the consumer price index is calculated. Mm -hmm. If we were to calculate today's uh, inflation rate using the same methodology as 1982, it's actually worse. And you'd have to go back to World War II to see worse inflation. That is to say, Joe Biden is presiding over some of the worst inflation we've seen in 70 years. Okay, fine. We'll use the modern calculation and say 40 years. But the thing is, every single month, they say the same thing. Why? Because every single month, inflation just keeps getting worse. All right. We'll talk about that. We also had at Madison Square Garden in New York City, a sold out crowd at Madison Square Garden chanting, let's go, Brandon, which is insane because it's New York City. You know, I think people hate Biden, but uh, we'll we'll get into all that stuff. Uh, Joining us to talk about all this is Nick Searcy. How's it going, man? Thanks for coming. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. It's a cool setup. Appreciate it, man. Uh, Do you want to introduce yourself? Well, I'm, I think everybody knows who I am. I'm people in the chat, certainly. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 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 I'm Nick Searcy. Hey, everybody. There you go. Yeah. International film and television star. Mm-hmm. People may know you from such shows as Justified yes. and movies like Fried Green Tomatoes. Castaway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Castaway. Well, you were in that movie with Castaway. Tom, Tom mm-hmm. Cruise. Yeah. Not the volleyball. Tom, Tom Hanks. Yeah, the volleyball. Or Tom, Tom Hanks. <laughs> he, I said Tom Cruise. He did Tom not Cruise. play Wilson. You have to work with Tom Although the volleyball got more close up. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, right on. And you also uh, you won put, the Oscar you, you have a film, Capital Punishment? Yeah, a documentary that we made about uh, what's happening to the people who went to Washington on January 6th. Mm. And, uh, right on. Well, we can talk about all that as well as the Gosnell film you made that. That's a, about uh, the – wow, we got to be careful how we describe this because it's so graphic and gruesome. But, Most uh, prolific serial killer in American history. Yes. Yep, killing babies. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, 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 I'm, and, and we're not being, you know – facetious, cute, or hyperbolic about abortion. No, he literally killed babies. Right. He would induce birth and then kill the baby. Yikes. So we'll, we'll, maybe we'll save that for the members' <laughs> members portion because that's, that's, that's real dark stuff. That's pretty dark. Extremely pretty dark. dark for sure. But we got Seamus here as well. Seamus Coughlin. Uh, not everyone knows who I am. I run a YouTube <laughs> channel called Freedom Tunes. We upload a new cartoon every Thursday. We just uploaded one today called Fed Talks. Oh, yeah. uh, oh, and it's a parody of TED Talks. I think you guys will really enjoy it. It's uh, very relevant to what's been going on in the news with some of these undercover operations. I hope you all check that out and enjoy it. I'm Ian Crossland here. I'd like to maybe thinking maybe we could change the way we think about inflation, say inflation's getting better. Which oh. means the economy is getting worse. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> um, so you guys check me out at iancrossland.net, but I'll be seeing you soon. I'm really excited for tonight's talk. Nick is a very accomplished actor, and I'm sure he has a lot to say about the um, wonderful world of Hollywood. And hopefully we can get into Gosnell. I'm really interested in that. And uh, actually worked with the armorer that Alec Baldwin had worked yes. with, too. So we'll, we'll get into that stuff. That'll right. be interesting. Oh, yeah. But before we get started, my friends, head over to TimCast.com and sign up. Right up on the top right side, you can become a member 
as a member, you're helping employ our journalists. You're helping us do this show. You're making sure we can keep the lights on. Of course, there's always creepy weirdos who are trying to come after us and get us canceled and shut down. And that's why we rely so heavily on our memberships to make sure this business continues to operate. As a member, you will get access to exclusive members-only segments from this show. This uh, special segment will be up around 11 or so p.m. So make sure you sign up and check it out. We could really use your support. And don't forget to smash that like button. One like is one honk. And I'll also add, for some reason, YouTube won't allow me to post that anymore. Crazy. For, for a while, I was posting one like equals one honk. And then I would pin it to the chat. And for the past few days, it won't let me. Every time I try, it just errors out and doesn't post the message. But isn't it hilarious how desperate they are? There's literally nothing the establishment can do to stop these people. And they're like, well, we won't let you say honk on the internet. That happened. Apparently it's someone like, got okay. banned from Facebook for yeah. posting honk. Yeah. Well, they- but we'll get, we'll, we'll, yeah. we'll get into that. So, uh, subscribe, share the show with your friends. And let's get started with this. This this is huge news. This is I can't believe it. Hmm. From globalnews.ca, Ontario freezes funds from Give, Send, Go trucker convoy fundraiser. The Ontario government says it has successfully petitioned a court to freeze access to millions of dollars donated through online online fundraising platform Give, Send, Go. Uh, my first question is, are they based in Canada? And how can you actually stop this from getting to people? You can't. The Give, Send, Go uh, organizers could just convert it to Bitcoin or crypto and there's nothing anyone can do to stop them. However, that would be against this court order, just so you know. I don't know if it's illegal, but they're going to say the province obtained an order from the Superior Court of Justice that prohibits anyone from distributing donations made through the website's Freedom Convoy 2022 and adopt a trucker campaign pages, said a spokesman for Premier Doug Ford. Ivana Yelich said the order binding any and all parties with possession or control of these donations was issued Thursday afternoon. She cited a section of the criminal code that allows the attorney general to apply for a restraint order against any offense related property. This is really, really amazing stuff. I want to show you this, uh, this, this post from Andrew Lawton. He has a quote. It says the Ontario government says it has effectively frozen all donations. Quote, today the attorney general brought, brought an application in the superior court of justice for an order pursuant to section 490.8 of the criminal code prohibiting any person from disposing of or otherwise dealing with in any manner whatsoever any and all monetary donations made through the Freedom Convoy 2022 and adopted trucker campaign pages on the Give, Send, Go online fundraising platform. This afternoon, the order was issued. It binds any and all parties with possession or control over these donations. I don't know. Are the people who have set the page Canadian? And I wonder ultimately if it's if it's going to matter. Yeah, well, also, even if they're not based in Canada, the Canadian government can say we'll never let you operate within the borders of our country again or something along those lines unless you surrender the money to us. Well, so here's what I don't understand, right? They say disposing of, disposing of? So yeah. so if you have these donations and you're like, I'm going to refund them, you're, you can't do that? You can't refund them? Mm-hmm. It says uh, otherwise dealing with? What if what if they came out and said, you know, well, look, if we can't give them to the truckers, we're going to give it back to people. No, you can't do that either. Mm. So they're effectively stealing the money? Yes. Locking mm. it in place so that no one can touch it? That's what it sounds like. Sounds like despotism. Yeah, well, but, but look at how these kinds of things go. When BLM riots, burns down cities, gets people killed, absolutely destroys lower-class neighborhoods, they are given federal relief money from J.B. Pritzker hmm. uh, in Illinois. Your taxes end up funding them. When people voluntarily decide that they want to support working-class people standing up for their rights as workers, that money is stolen from them. Looks like uh, Gibson goes based out of Boston, Massachusetts, according to Crunchbase.com. So I would imagine they don't really have any any liability here they can do no no foreign government can make them do anything uh but but it's the people who started the page interesting so yeah, that's what they're it is. in canada okay. oh. yeah 
Yeah, I just don't. I don't understand how they can do that. I don't. I don't see how that works. I mean, how do they stop them from from giving money to somebody they they want to give money to? Mm-hmm. I mean, what? It, and 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 who? It's right? thuggish. So, so that, that's why the, this is it's, it's. You know, let me just slow down. Holy, they are desperate. Mm. Yes, they're they're saying yeah. this money from this fund you can't do anything with. Why? Because how do they prove the money was given to someone involved in the trucker convoy? Right. If they if they, if there's a guy named Bob Smith and they're like we gave him five hundred thousand dollars, you know they're going to be like, well that's the convoy. No, it isn't. Prove how it. You know? Prove this yeah. guy. What, what? What? How? Yeah. And so they just say, well then no one can touch any of the money. Mm. Well, so what happens then if? I mean, this is ultimately I think they're trying to cause damage to Give Send Go. Right. Well, it's Gibson Go was a, you know, it's a Christian organization that was created mm. as a response to GoFundMe being so know. relentlessly left wing mm. and, and fun, you know, the Gosnell movie, they started the, the, uh, fundraising campaign to raise money for the Gosnell on GoFundMe oh, really? and then GoFundMe rejected it. Mm-hmm. You know, said they mm. couldn't raise money on that platform because of the subject matter. And so they had to go to Indiegogo. Wow. You know, so it's, it's, they've been, they've been this way for years. Well, the thing with give, send, go, I mean, was my comment earlier off base, is it possible that the Canadian government could legitimately just say to them, you can't operate here unless you surrender the, the funds? To the company yeah, itself. Yeah, yeah. Like what other they mechanism? Well, yeah, what other mechanism is the there? Yeah, is what I'm curious about. But you're saying it's a Christian company, so I hope that's not the case, and I hope they would stick up for their principles. Yo, I don't want to suggest that is what's happening. I, I have no clue. I hope Canada bans give, send, go. And I don't mean that literally. I mean that like, Try it. Yeah. Imagine what that would sound like to the rest of the world. Canada bans <laughs> fundraising platform for engaging in offenses. <laughs> wow. There. This. This is. I just got to say, over target. Yeah. Kind of. Kind of scary, actually, Very how effective scary. the trucker thing is, and how panicked they are. They're trying to claim, oh, far right, right wing, all that other garbage, and it's just a bunch of trucks that parked. You know what I mean? They're going to keep claiming it. Do you guys? Do you yeah. guys hear that they want to go after their kids now? Yeah, yeah. There was that story yeah, where apparently they are child endangerment or something. Mm-hmm. If yeah. you bring your kids with you to the con, and it didn't work. No. So now they're just like, give us your money. <laughs> it's not going to work. It's not going to work. Mm-hmm. You know. You know what's crazy is it's really easy to throw a wrench in the spokes. It's really. It's really hard to build an engine. It's really easy to break one. Yep. So you get these guys who got these big rigs. It's not the most expensive operation ever planned. It's not the most expensive expensive protest we've ever seen. It's just one of the most effective. Imagine, imagine if there really is going to be a, you know, this, uh, like a, a U.S. trucker convoy or whatever. If truckers just, even in small groups, decided we're going to take what we want from now on, they could, no one could stop them. Yeah. To me, yeah. it looks like they really need something that's less centralized. So they tried, um, GoFundMe and now they're trying Give, Send, Go and they're having kind of the same problems with both platforms. Even though Give, Send, Go is much freer than GoFundMe was, it sounds like they need a way to get these individual funds to the truckers that need it, uh, without going through a central system. Am and if, I crazy? No, you're not. If you're using fiat in any way, mm-hmm. it's going to go through a central service to get to its target. Right. Um, the only way to do something non-centralized here, I think at the present would be with crypto from yeah, your wallet. That's to what their it wallet. sounds like. So we we actually have a statement from Give, Send, Go. They tweeted, know this. Oh my. Canada has absolutely zero jurisdiction over how we manage our funds here at Give, Send, Go. All mm. funds for every campaign on Give, Send, Go flow directly to the recipients of those campaigns, not least of which is the Freedom Convoy campaign. Beautiful. Yeah, except Good for them. if the people who are getting the money are in Canada, then the Canadian government's going to go after their bank accounts. Mm. Mm. So Give, Send, Go can be like, yo, you can't do anything with money. Yeah, well, yeah, the money's flowing. But they're going after the individuals who are raising the money. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm wondering if the people who set it up are in Canada. 
And that's that's the big question. It would be really funny. I got to be honest. If the people who set the page up are not in Canada <laughs> and we're just like Americans who are like, we're going to we're going to help fundraise for this because then Canada really is just having a temper tantrum and they can do nothing about do it. Nothing. Well, I'm, I'm worried about remember how they just seized the crypto keys from the people who are running this kind of Bitcoin scam. And I think it was New York City, the crocodile of Wall Street or whatever this lady and her husband called themselves. Um, so I'm curious if they're going to try to use this as a way to get the whole control of crypto jump started. I wonder if they'll use this as a way to like control wedge crypto. In. I yeah, just thought last night, first government. time I thought this, I think maybe crypto itself, Nakamoto, Satoshi Nakamoto, mm-hmm. maybe that that is like a, a government operation to get, and then they're going to crash the fiat system and then get everyone on crypto and then track everybody. Mm-hmm. I mean, I literally said this two years ago. So I, it's finally sinking in. Today. And I said it over <laughs> and over again to you, Ian. Thanks, dog. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you, so there was that big story about the crocodile of Wall Street lady. Right. These two people, apparently, they're accused of uh, um, wire fraud, stealing, hacking, uh, you know, billions of dollars in Bitcoin. And uh, I've been saying this. I remember I was hanging out with Luke uh, from We Are Change a few years ago, and I was telling all his buddies, and I was like, the ledger is public. Every crypto transaction is public. So yeah. unless you're using Zcash or Monero or something, right. but even then, these people who, who, were got, who got busted, they uh, were using Monero. The government still tracked it. It's like, look, man, you got powerful interests that are terrified you're going to try and circumvent the tax bait, the tax system. They're going to figure out a way to to find out how much money you got and why. So, you know, ultimately, this 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 all comes together when you realize what a um, a lot of people on the right have been talking about what what cashless society looks like. Yes, yo, you're in it. You know, right now I've got, you know, I got some cash in my pocket or whatever. If I want to go buy something, no one can take that cash cash from me unless they come and take it. But if you got all your all your money in a a bank account, they could just be like, wrong thinker. Now you can't buy food. Right. Yeah. The other thing we're seeing, too, it's kind of like um, as an aside, but somewhat related. You see they're they're having National Guard act as substitute teachers. Yeah. National Guard is being deployed to act as teachers. Where? This in New Mexico. Uh, 79 National Guard were deployed to be teachers, and they're saying there's going to be more. And I'm just like, yo, we're getting to the point where they're going to steal your money right from underneath you. Mm-hmm. Imagine what the future looks like when they can take your money away because it's digital and they control the banks and the financial institutions. Think about what the future likes when they issue a universal basic income. Everybody gets 2000 a month. The private sector has been destroyed by all these insane restrictions. All that's left are big box stores where you can buy stuff. You get a funded amount of cash. The people working at those stores are all National Guard. Sounds a whole lot like communism. Mm. Yes. I heard that they're, uh, this was a, just a one person on Twitter said that by 2026, they want to have kill switches in all cars, like remote kill switches. I saw switches, that. Yeah. So that if you don't, are you a wrong thinker, your car turns off. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if it's because if you're a wrong thinker police. or something, I think it's like a tech backup or something. They don't want anything to go wrong, supposedly. They but. want it so that when you're running from cops. Exactly. Yeah. The cop can press That's a button right. and turn your car Didn't on. they just yeah. do that? Didn't they just hack some guy's GPS system and freeze his car because he was running from cops? I saw oh, a news story that. about this. I Whoa. swear you guys can Which for your own good. Everything yeah. is for yeah. your own good. You're, exactly. really, you're really sounding ungrateful here, Lydia. I know. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> I know. What's your deal? I know. <laughs> yeah, just just accept when the government decides they know it's best for you. Exactly. Because um, I, I think if history has taught us anything, it's that... Um, you know, the government is always looking out for your best interests. Yeah, and the police yeah. are great. I love that meme where it's like, so we, they're, they're, it's, it's, it's a Twitter post and the guy's like, so yeah, the CIA did bad stuff in the 50s, the 60s, the 70s, the 80s, the 90s, the 2000s. No one's ever been criminally charged or held accountable, but 
we can't assume they're doing anything wrong now. I mean, <laughs> exactly. That's must a conspiracy be, theory. Yeah. I'm, well, looking that's, at I'm talking to people about how the government's lying about January 6th. I go, oh, no, they're not. I go, what What convinced you that the government wasn't going to lie to you? Was it <laughs> Vietnam? <laughs> was it Tuskegee? Was it, <laughs> yeah. was it uh, JFK? What yeah. was it? You know? But that, that, this is the thing. You know, when I hear these people arguing with you about it, just why? Why even talk to them anymore? It's just I'm I'm so over. I'm so beyond it. There, there's pe- the people in the, um, I don't know what you call it, liberty side of things, have this tendency to think that they're playing a fair game of chess. Right. While the other yeah. side is, is snickering amongst themselves about how, how they've been cheating the whole time. Yeah, Massey was right. saying last night, Thomas Massey was on the show, Congressman, and he was saying that it's like he goes in there and he has to almost forget most of what he knows about engineering just to participate in Congress because it's so emotionally charged and people are like wild animals, you know, working off their feelings. Yes. I, he didn't say that. That's me interpreting what he said. But, exactly. I, but I, I agree with the emotion thing, but it's it's like it's so much more raw than you realize. You, you're talking to a brick wall. You know, when, when, when you're talking to someone. Uh, so I'll, I'll give you guys an example and I'll give a shout out to our good friends, the Young Turks, because they deserve it. Huh. We love them. I just yeah, want yeah. to say to, you know, Anna Kasparian, I don't understand why she's such a mean person. She's better than me, I'm told. Well, I mean, she's she's just a mean person. And, she's uh, the you know, I've talked about the Young Turks. I've talked about a bunch of people and I'll criticize them, but I always try to keep it to a certain degree, depending on who it is. Like CNN, they get nothing from me. Like they're awful. Mm-hmm. You know, all of them, I just vile people. Uh, but, um, you know, I recently tweeted something nice to Cenk Uger because he tweeted out, try being nice to someone and see see how it makes you feel. And I was like, I, I, I respect and agree with that. Mm-hmm. So I tweeted at Cenk. I was like, I think you're a, a smart man who's widely successful with one of the biggest political shows. And I respect your hard work that you put into this. It's all true. It's all true. I, the dude has, is wildly successful. You don't got to like the guy or, or agree with him to recognize the thing he's built. And he liked it. He clicked the like button on that. So they did this segment. We were talking about January 6th. And uh, we had Enrique Tarrio on of the Proud Boys. Mm. And uh, I had mentioned, look, the people at the front gate of the of the, the, t- the tunnel entrance of the Capitol and the front entrance where they're fighting with cops, that whole area, all those people, okay, that was violence. That was a violent riot. Yeah, you get arrested for that. You, you commit an act of violence, we arrest you. Those people, yeah, hands down, we get it. You're going to get them for whatever you get them for. But there were a lot of people who are the MAGA Mimas, as we call it, who are walking around. And then all of a sudden you see this video of the cops opening the barricades and fanning people in. Yep. So my specific point was, if you're walking down the street and a police officer goes like this and waves you in, opens up the barricades, you are not trespassing. You are not legally trespassing in any circumstance. No. Now, the prosecutors here might lie and just claim we don't care what the reality is. That's, that's called tyranny. But if uh, oh, well, let's say it's not the Capitol. Let's say my house has, has a barricade up and you're walking down the street and I open the barricade and wave you in. I cannot then attack you. And claim you trespassed. What yep. if there's... But so, so hold on. Let me finish this point. So when I tell this story and I said that the people who entered in, under the circumstances, I don't see how you can even get them for trespassing. What ends up happening is, you know, Anna Kasparian makes this whole video where the one thing I just don't understand is she's like, I she accuses me of saying these things, knowing it's false because I just want to make money. They then try to allege that because other people on the other side of the building were fighting with cops, that means the other people on the other side of the building who are let in by the cops are committing crimes. Yeah. And I'm just like, that's that's the point of, you know, I don't bring them up to actually engage in any meaningful dialogue with them because they don't want to. No. Because I've politely asked them because I, can, I have Jenk on DM. I message him and I'm like, hey, we'd love to talk. Like, let's talk. They won't do it. 
They have no interest whatsoever in having real conversations. I'm not going to insult them. I will, I will, I literally just complimented the man's work. But instead, what they do is they make, they make insults. They insult my appearance. Mm. They don't engage with the core of what the actual statement or argument is. So at this point, with all of this stuff going on, I just say the only thing that matters right now that these people are interested in is power. They don't care about truth. They don't care about arguments. It's power. And if you, if we, if we as the, the libertarian side of things, I don't mean big L, I mean just the more freedom oriented people keep saying, why won't they understand? <laughs> Maybe if we keep trying to convince them to understand, they do understand. Yeah. They're lying about it. Yeah. Look, I sent, I tweeted at Anna. I commented on their video. I DM with Jank periodically saying, let's talk. And I said, what I said was a specific reference to a story from ABC News where the defendants in the case on January 6th said the police let us in and told us it was okay. And, and, I, and my point is, if that is d- discernibly, discernibly true, you can't prosecute on trespassing in most, in any circumstance. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's probably some technicalities. Mm-hmm. Instead of actually taking the core of that argument, she just says, Tim's lying for money. He's a grifter. He knows he's lying. And they totally misrepresent the entirety of the conversation. There's no point in arguing with these people. So right now we're at a point where this country is so far divided. There's, there's just, you're, you are wasting your time when you should be doing grassroots organizing, some kind of effective growth strategy. There's an old saying that when you argue with a fool, there are two. Hmm. I do think there's one exception here. If someone says something ridiculous like this to you, and then you respond and you have a reasonable argument, the moderates will see that. And they will be more likely to take your side in the future. If the person you're arguing with responds to your reasonable response in bad faith, then I think you just have to discontinue the conversation. Yeah, and then they look like a fool. Because if you respond to their bad faith, then you look like an idiot. Because you look like you're, because honestly, you look like you're reacting emotionally because you know you can't reason with this person. You're only continuing with the argument because you want your ego to come out on top. You're not going to win, right? It's like playing chess with a pigeon. They're going to knock the pieces (laughs) off the board, take a crap, and strut around like they won. Winning isn't like I was right or you were right because we're both probably right describing the same thing differently. No, 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 dude, dude, dude. In this specific context, there is a video you yeah. can watch of the police opening the barricades and fanning people. Oh, in. my question is, if if there's a cop on your driveway and you had a no trespassing sign and they were waving people in, and you didn't know, would those people not be trespassing then because a cop waved them well, in? Well, but but that, Ian, that's, if it's if it was a police officer charged or if it was a security agent specifically charged with protecting the parameter, like mm-hmm. the Capitol Police are specifically charged to protect that parameter, and they were the ones letting people, and they were the ones yeah. holding the barricades. Yes. So, so let me make, let me make this point, okay? They open the barricades up. There's video of it. There's yeah. numerous videos and, and multiple officers fanning people in. Now, the argument is they were fanning the officers back saying retreat because mm. the mob was pushing too hard. The mob didn't break the barriers down. The cops opened them up. And that was at least at one entrance. You have to understand that when <clears> it comes to criminal law, an individual is an individual. On January 17th, 2020, the, 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 the police in D.C. tried charging Antifa with, as a group under conspiracy it doesn't work. You can't do it under our legal system. That means each individual in that crowd gets an individual charge. Now, there's some circumstances where you get racketeering, you get people as a group. Right. There's numerous videos of that. There's, an, there's another video where the doors are actually opened by the police. And one guy goes, oh, I don't know, man, they're going to trap us inside huh. because the police opened the door. And then one officer says, I don't agree with it, but I respect it. That's right. Now, if you're walking into a building and a cop says that, how could could you be criminally prosecuted under trespassing when trespassing requires you know you trespassed? And I'll give you the specific example is when we had the police here talking to them, the officer told us, if you don't have a sign 
if it's just a driveway, the public is allowed to enter. You can then tell them to leave and they have to. And if they don't, then it's trespassing. By placing the sign, now it's trespassing. And it is true at the Capitol, there were many signs. Except not everywhere, and many of them were taken down, and the police even removed some of those barricades. So exactly. in your in the home um, situation, you have to have a sign on the driveway because what if they walk onto the, your property okay, from like? On, I, I don't, we're not going to get into the. Well, this is my question. The, that guarantees they see it as if it's on the in the entrance. But if they enter from a different area and they don't see a sign, is it still trespassing? Yes. Even though there's a sign. In, yes. So you're, you're supposed to assume Ian, they're supposed Ian, to enter from the driveway. This is, this is, it's a pointless. Uh, I'm sorry. Or on the front door or something. If you're if you're sneaking through the woods to get on a property or trespassing, there's no argument. You well, have. if someone if someone some people walk. I no, know it's not no, common, no, but I'm no, just no, wondering no, for no. technicality. So uh, you would have to trespass on someone else's property to trespass on a property without going through normal yeah. means. That there's no argument. But you were going to say something that. Well, I was there myself on January 6th, and I saw myself. I saw the police remove the barricades and let people get up on the steps of the Capitol. I saw them do that. And when the people that I saw got on the steps of the Capitol, it wasn't it wasn't violent. It wasn't a riot. It was they were waving flags and they were singing, we're not going to take it. And it looked like a party. I didn't see any of the violence when I was there. But one of the people in our movie, two of the people in our movie are these two twin 74-year-old grandmothers who went to the Capitol that day and they said they saw some people going in and out of the doorway at the Capitol building. And they one said to the other, do you want to go in? And they decided to go in, and they talked to the police. They went, and they said to the policeman, is it okay if we're in here? He said, yeah, it's fine. They walked in. They took some pictures. They walked back out. They went home. And three weeks later, the FBI is banging on their door. So threatening them with domestic terrorism, you can't, you're on a no-fly oh list. So, blah, blah, blah. so this is what you need to understand, Ian. When you told Seamus, you know, sometimes may, we're both right in different ways or whatever. You said that. This is not true in this case. The Young Turks either are ignoring what I actually said on the show when I explained there's a video showing police letting people in and saying they, resp- they, they respect what they're doing. They ignore that. They put the clip of me saying that in their video and then argued people were climbing over broken glass and fighting with cops to get in. So that is taking it either. Look, maybe maybe they're just not uh, smart enough. Both are true, right? There were people no, climbing over no, violently. No, no, no. The video they showed was of me saying the door was opened by police and the police said, I respect it. They then took that of me saying it and and twisted it. So that their audience believes I'm saying people climbed over broken glass. How could that be trespassing? Which is oh, I, I never said that. Okay. You read the comments and it's so sad. And this is why I understand the desire to want to argue with these people because they're all saying the same thing. If they were fighting with cops and breaking glass and climbing through windows to get in, how, uh, how could Tim be so dumb? And I'm like, man, I sure do wish the Young Turks were just honest about what I actually said to Enrique Tario, that the people who engage in violence should be prosecuted. They should be in prison. The people beating cops should be arrested. The people fighting with police in the tunnel should be arrested. And the Mimas who were welcomed in by police, whether you agree with it or not, I did not say they're innocent. I said, there's, there's, you probably can't prosecute on trespassing unless there was an explicit warning, which there wasn't. There was welcoming. Now, if they were honest, I would, I would, I'd love to engage in an argument with them. But they're they're taking what I said out of context, changing the context, lying to their audience. And then when I politely say to them, I'd love to explain, they refuse to engage. Look, I'll say it. I'm not going to I'm not going to mock Anna the way she does of me and my appearance and things like that. I'll just say I believe the Young Turks 
are legitimately evil people. Oh, I don't know. Uh, ha- bro, hands down. They used to be, okay, no, I, I, when I think of Young Turks, I think 2006, 7, thank God for the Young Turks because they spoke out against the war in Iraq and Afghanistan and they were clear and concise and we needed that. But I think at some point that it, that, that company may have been turned inward or like the, the, their rage was like kind of twisted around and refocused. She could tweet back at me, I didn't realize you were referring to a news story from ABC where they legitimately brought up the defense in court that police were welcoming them in the building. She ignores it. And it's not the first time Anakin Sparianus does this. Does this Every single instance in which he referenced me and I offer up a polite response, she ignores it. So either she's purposefully ignoring a legitimate rebuttal to her wrong statements, which would make her evil, or... She's, she doesn't realize I'm saying these things, but regardless, every step of the way when the Young Turks have the opportunity to assess the evidence, respond, because I've DM'd Cenk Ugar on numerous, numerous occasions. I, I've known the guy for a long time. He want, The last time I saw him, uh, he screamed at me, and I saw him at VidCon. He walked up to me. Uh, this is years ago. He shakes my hand. How's it going, man? How things have been? I've been on his show several times. The, something, something happened in this country mm. where people like you, you say, yeah, maybe in 2006, Cenk Ugar was a good dude. Maybe. I saw him at VidCon in maybe 2016, I think it was. I can't remember. And he walks up to me and he shakes my hand. He's like, how you been, man? How are things going? What's what's going on with YouTube? How's, how are things working for you? And then I see him at Politicon a couple of years later and he screams in my face for no reason. He might have been having a bad day. He was just, he was in the hallway talking to people. And I was like, hey, Jank, how's it going, man? I want to talk to you about a video you did. And they start screaming at me, saying all these crazy hungry. things. He hungry. Yeah. Well, yeah. But, but, but look, I don't want to get, my, my point is, when you get to the point where... I got no beef. I have no issue with them. I recognize our disagreement. And they refuse to assess the evidence and then continue to mislead their audience. I think it is so important yeah, when you're going to create I, you, a news. You, can't tell me it's not you got a news organization order. and you got like an entertainment magazine and you're going to be one or you're going to be there kind of be in the middle. It's a very dangerous location. Hear, so like, see, this is a characteristic of the left that I think has happened over the last few years. And it's that they can't really even look at your argument. They can't bring themselves to even consider it. So they just try to ignore it. They pretend it's something else. They don't want to look at what you're actually saying because that would be hard. It I think would be it would hard for them. And so they, they, they tend to just ignore anything. Cognitive dissonance. Yeah. It's like we can't have that cognitive dissonance. So we're just not going to see what you're talking about. We're not going to, we're not going to look at it or even do a Google search. My, my mm-hmm. favorite. And just while we're on the subject is. We did a segment on the show a year and a half ago or so where we talked about a, there were five different studies that said conservatives tend to be more attractive than liberals. The point I specifically brought up was that there is attractiveness privilege, an idea uh, prevalent among the left that people who are more attractive tend to be more privileged and those who are privileged are more likely to be conservative or independent. Instead of addressing the context, they just made a video saying Tim Pool's ugly and stupid. <laughs> so, so this is the issue I take. I'm willing to 100% assess the situation of January 6th and say anybody who is violent and fighting and attacking cops, you get charged for that. The people who knocked over barricades or did anything like that or grabbed shields or hit people, tried shoving their way in the tunnel, you commit a crime when you do that, you riot, you go to, you go to jail for that. Depending on the severity, prison. And then there were other circumstances in which Alex Jones said, don't go in the building and told people not to go in. And the January 6th com- committee subpoenas him and tries going after all his records, which is an insane abuse of power on the press. Then you have regular people, like you mentioned, these old ladies who are told by the police they're allowed inside the building. And now the media is trying to make it seem like every single person was a rioter who smashed a window and climbed through a window. Yo, 74-year-old lady didn't climb through a window, bro. Why is it that the Young Turks and other people like them 
will not even Google search this. Why is that when I do a video, they watch enough to clip the video out of context to know where to cut the context to make sure their audience doesn't huh. see what I'm actually talking about. It, but then they don't investigate further because it's an intentional action. Yeah, I think it might be because they want they don't want Trump to get reelected. Like when I, I didn't want yeah, I didn't want to talk about my fear that the noise could be construed as violence, like noise weaponry, because I really support the truckers. So I didn't say anything about it the first night. Kind of like I, I chose to ignore what I knew was real because I didn't want to hurt the people I wanted to win. But then I was like, I can't live like that. I got to be honest. It is a type of weapon. You can you can harm someone with noise, and you know that's. I think but, that sometimes you just got to concede like reality. I, I but Ian, I mean, there are a lot of things that you could harm someone with. That doesn't necessarily mean it's being used in a harmful way. That's true. But to your point, uh, Jonathan Haidt did research, which unsurprisingly showed that conservatives are far more likely to understand left-wing positions than left-wingers are to understand conservative positions. And anyone who's conservative who has consumed left-wing media understood this without his research. And left-wingers who consume conservative media uh, don't exist, which is why we have this problem. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, when I talk to people, left-wingers, people on the left, about my movie, most of them won't watch it. They don't, no, I don't want to see that. That was an insurrection. Those people should all go to jail. They don't want, they won't, they can't bear to look at it. I even had to fire my own agent just wow. over the Christmas holidays because I'm, I was talking to him about, uh, you know, about the movie and with the premieres and the, you know, the stuff. And he's like, yeah, I'm not going to watch that. I go, what? Dude, you're my agent. You, you're not going to watch my work because you, you're afraid of what? It's just a movie. Michael Moore makes them for your side all the time. Yeah. You can't even look at it. And he said, "No, I just, I, I just don't want to." You know, that was a that was a riot. Full stop. And I go, "Well, I guess then you don't want to be my agent anymore." Was that over the you. phone or via text? Yeah, it was over the phone. Weird. Yeah. Well, it, so I think what happens in their minds, and again, maybe I'm over pathologizing here, but I think this is probably a reasonable assessment of the potential motivation here. A person might think, okay. There could be information here that will change my mind, but I don't want to be the person who knows that January 6th wasn't an insurrection because there is a very high social cost to pay for having that awareness. You bet. You bet. Especially in Hollywood. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I went back to my parents' house for Christmas, and they were like, well, what what do you think about that insurrection at the Capitol? I was like, what do you mean? Like when they they stood inside the old building and— just stood in the hallways and like the government can operate from anywhere digitally it's not a real insurrection would be cutting off the the electricity to the to the continent like if you want to talk about insurrection and they were like huh he's right well the other thing too about that day it's like the the media only showed you the violence they only showed you the little pieces the clips right at the capitol of the windows being broken and ashley babbitt being killed and all that that's all they showed you there were two million people there that day there were so many people, and they never showed you two million. The crowd. Yes, that we have estimates of two million people. Wow. There's a shot in my movie that I had never seen before. We found it of just the size of the crowd, and it's breathtaking. I mean, it's amazing. They conflate the rally, which occurred um, some some ways away from the Capitol, right. with the insurrection. So, for a lot of people, like maybe like your parents, Ian, who don't actually investigate or know what's going on. They're told that their, their image of this is probably Trump brought hundreds of thousands of people to the Capitol and stood outside and said, go be strong and shut it down. <laughs> exactly. Whereas Get what really there. happened is that there was a, a rally f- 
blocks away where a bunch of people rallied and waved little American flags. And then Trump, while he was still speaking, people went to the Capitol. Yeah. And the people that were breaking in, they were breaking windows at the Capitol 15 minutes before Trump stopped speaking. Who were those people? This guy, Ray Epps, that's been in the yep. news lately, he he and his crew were taking down all the fencing and all the signs that said, do not enter, restricted area. They took down all that fencing so that when the people walked from the speech to the Capitol building, they didn't know that they were entering a restricted area. And a lot of the defendants are charged with that, entering a restricted area. And they said that we didn't see anything that said it was restricted. Is there a video of Ray and other people removing those signs? I've seen some of it. It's not in our movie, hmm. but I've seen What some. I'm concerned about is how deep fakes in the future will start twisting video. But for now, video seems to be a pretty good documentable evidence kind mm-hmm. of but i know deep fakes are real yeah they're they're they are real and what do we do about them yeah. well i don't know I'm <laughs> <laughs> well but he, but here's the problem i mean people are talking about deep fakes but we have uh, that technology is not far along enough for us to make the argument and if it is that far along uh, we don't know about it. As far as we are aware, that technology is not far along enough for something like this to be faked. But even with the actual real video evidence that is there and available, people still buy into the narrative. Yeah, they won't look at it. They won't. They will not take that in. It, they, it, no, yeah, I agree. It's like, continue your point. I'm sorry, I did not mean to interrupt. No, well, uh, it, they just won't look at the. They won't look at the video, whether it's fake or not, if it doesn't support their narrative. Yep. They just this past week they just released three more angles of Ashley Babbitt's death mm. that were taken from different places in the hall, and you can see Ashley Babbitt was actually telling the people breaking the windows to stop that, stop doing that. Ashley Babbitt was talking to the police officers and saying, "What are you doing?" There's, why aren't you calling for reinforcements? There's more people coming up here. And she actually punched a guy that was wow. like trying to break a window. So it's wow. like this whole narrative about Ashley Babbitt being some crazed right-wing Trump supporter is absolutely a total lie. And they knew it from the beginning. What, somebody punched through a window and then she stood up and they saw her and they fired? She, yeah, well, the window had been broken. And, uh, you know, I, I don't. I don't know why she got in that window, but there is there is video of her telling people to stop breaking stuff, stop doing that, talking to the police saying, you need more people up here, you've got to stop this. She was on the side of the police, and uh, her husband, Aaron, says that he he feels like she, she, he knew that she was claustrophobic. And he thinks that just sort of the crush of the people coming up oh. and all the chaos caused her to panic and to jump into the window. And that's when the police officer fired. And if you watch the video, Bird, the, the police officer, has his gun trained at that window for like 30, 45 seconds. Yeah. Before she's even there. Probably the window got broken. He was like, watch that entrance. Something's going to come through there. Yeah. And while he's standing there pointing the gun... People are right here beside or near him hitting the window with with two by fours and trying to break the window. And he never, never trains the gun on them. He's Mm. pointed right at that one window. Sounds very strange. That sounds to me like um, he was angry at the person who broke the window and wanted them to suffer. Mm. That would be my assessment. Because he didn't feel threatened, obviously. Otherwise, he'd focus on the other side of things. But I, you know, my my assumption, it's just my assumption, I, is that I, he sees he sees someone smash the window and he goes, "That son of a," and he pulls his gun. He's like, "Come on, do it." I've never, have you ever been in combat before? Yeah, but 
Me? Yeah, no. I never had. Well, Ashley was not the one who broke the window. She, no, I know. Yeah, so that's why he had his gun drawn it. the whole time because yeah. he wanted whoever broke that window for whatever they did, he was going to get him. Yeah, maybe. And so when she came in, she's the one who, did, who got the bullet. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. So how do, how do you, you know, I think what we see when, you know, you, you, you make the movie Capital Punishment, you said, you just said your agent wouldn't even watch it. What's happening is a natural sorting algorithm is occurring. People who are willing to say challenge, I, I, I will challenge my perceptions. And that's why you have people like Bridget Phetasy, you know, politically homeless, now more aligned with like intellectual dark web types, conversing with Ben Shapiro conservatives, because these are all people who are willing to be wrong right. and have their perception challenged. What's being sorted between, it's being sorted between two groups, those who don't want out, who just want to be told what to think, and those who are more inquisitive, more discerning. I mean, I, I've said uh, some, something similar to, the, uh, to this before. There's the, the uninitiated and the more discerning, the people who don't watch the news, who don't investigate, and the people who do. What is your view? Like, so, so knowing what you know, having to fire your own agent, where do you think all of this is going to lead to with what they're doing with law enforcement, January 6th committee, and the fact that regular people are refusing to even learn the truth? Where do you think it goes? Well... Uh, you mean in terms of the government, they're never going to give this narrative up. Mm-hmm. They're never going to stop. And what they're doing to these defendants now is railroading them into pleas, plea deals. You know, most of them are charged with you're facing 28 years. You go before a D.C. jury that's 96 percent Democrat. I don't like your chances. If you plead guilty to this one little felony, then, you know, you maybe do six months or maybe even you just get probation. But you can't vote anymore. You don't can't own a firearm. And they are, they're basically, by doing this, they are neutralizing a whole group of people that disagree with them. And the intention that they're trying to spread a ripple through the community of, you know, by per, by prosecuting these people so publicly, they're going to try, they're sending the message that don't, don't ever be one of these people or we'll do this to you. So I think the government is never going to give that up. They're going to run that into the ground. And the only thing we can do is try to fight that. You just said something very scary. Mm. You go before a jury that's 96% Democrat. We can't function as a constitutional republic if there are two tribes, and I mean that literally, and they will put you in prison if you're in the opposing tribe. Yeah. And and another thing about that D.C. system is that you have to be licensed to practice law in D.C., You can't, like, if you get arrested in Florida and you have a good lawyer, you can't bring him with you unless he's, you know, licensed to practice in D.C. So all these lawyers, they're all D.C. residents. Ninety-six percent of them are Democrats, too. And they literally hate the people that they're defending. They want them to go to jail. And so these these court-appointed attorneys are really working for the government to try to punish these people that dared stand up to the to the Democrat Party. The, the, supposed, the judicial system is supposed to be nonpartisan, I believe. It's supposed uh, to isn't be. Isn't that the point? So yeah. when did that change? Right it's, after it got formed? It's, like. it's cultural enforcement. It, it, it used to be when we were a cohesive nation that people viewed each other as Americans. People, people took jury duty a bit more seriously. And now, because of the overt tribalism of the culture war, we, uh, I, I, I said it in reference to Pennsylvania. It, it, takes, it, it shows what's happening here now. In Pennsylvania, when the Republicans said, hey, this universal mail-in voting law is unconstitutional, the judge's response was, you're a Republican, so you lose. And I'm not exaggerating. Yeah. He said, your guy lost, and now you're coming and suing. His guy, he's an individual bringing a lawsuit. His political party is irrelevant to the material. Well, it turns out afterwards, oh, you are right. It was unconstitutional. 
But the judge was partisan. Yeah. And now you have this ruling of unconstitutionality. Uh, unconstitutionality. It's, a, it's Republican judges saying it's unconstitutional and Democrats saying it is. If we're at the point, and we are, if, if this is how the country is going to work, if you're a Republican, if you're right winger, and you advocate for a right wing cause in D.C., you will go to prison because they will view, bro. Well, they had you, that last rally I didn't go to because of, of what you're saying I'm, now. I'm saying if you, if you do something that is construed as a crime, I'm, I'm not saying like literally walking down the street, they're going to come and arrest you. I'm saying if you are in a protest and advocating for something, if I'll put it this way, if you brought a boat down to DC to protest, uh, abortion, mm-hmm. yeah, they're going to lock you up. They're going to throw the book at you. Whereas when Extinction Rebellion does it, it's a slap on the wrist, clear it out, tow it out, and then send them on I, their you way. You know, I didn't go to the Robert Malone big speech in like, I think it's February 23rd, or no, it was a month ago or something, three weeks ago. And yeah. I, 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 I'm still, I'm almost kicking myself for because I didn't go out of fear. I was afraid that the, the government was going to stage a false flag and then arrest a bunch of people. And like, I don't want to live in terror of my own government. And that's intentional. That's what they're trying to do is make yeah. everybody scared. That's, that's why they're doing this to these people. That's why the overwhelming show of force in their little suburban neighborhoods, handcuffing their wives and daughters, that's what they're doing. And even even me, after I went on January 6th and I shot a bunch of iPhone stuff and just like a tourist, I was afraid to tell anybody that I went right after it happened mm-hmm. because I was like, I'm not going to post these pictures because the FBI might look through the pictures and find somebody, you know, in the sh- in the crowd behind me or something. It's like it was such a... A pervasive attitude of like they're they're coming after us, you know, right? And, and that is intentional. That's what they want. What they yeah. want. I think you're right about them making an example of the people who were involved in January 6th because I think that's what they're doing with Joe Rogan right now. They're like, if we can get the biggest guy and make an example of him. And I wanted to say, too, this talk about the jury is making me wonder if this is what drives a national divorce. I don't know that there's a way to coexist in a world where if you get arrested for something like a traffic ticket or something in D.C. and you have to go before a court, you know for a fact that they're going to throw a book at you, going to throw the book at you because they disagree with your politics. How do we go on like that? I don't see that as being sustainable. There's and to that. and and national divorce always will lead to full yeah, on civil war. That doesn't end well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, so so what are your thoughts on that? There's been um, there was a period where we had a few uh, a few experts in security say, "Oh, civil war is possible." I became particularly bullish on it, saying, "I think we're heading in the direction." But now we're actually getting Democrat personalities. The Guardian put out an article saying the civil war has already begun. We're in it. You got the Washington Post now saying the same thing. When, you know, when we talk about the courts making their rulings based on political party, it's scary. And then you come to us and say, oh, and also the juries themselves are comprised of individuals who are tribal partisans. Sounds to me like civil war. Well, I think the reason that they're talking about this, the Democrats that are talking about civil war, it's, it's honest. That's what they want. That's what they want. They're trying to sell this idea that everybody who went to Washington on January 6th is some sort of crazed, violent, mm. you know, uh, insurrectionist, seditionist who wants to start a civil war and create, you know, that's, that's the narrative that they're selling. So I, I, I agree. Yeah. You want to know why? What's the one way you get rid of the Constitution? Habeas corpus, martial law. Civil war. Yeah, yeah, civil war. You can't, you, 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 you can't get rid of the Constitution through any means that exists within the current government. The government would have to be in some way split, fractured, or altered. So if there was mass rioting and they came out and said, we need the Insurrection Act, martial law, you can't get rid of the Constitution. Mm-hmm. If there, Even under Bush's Presidential Directive 51, 
you can't get rid of the Constitution. In a civil war, the Constitution is gone. Emergency. Right. The, directive, no, the emergency doesn't do it. Directive 51 is terrifying. Is it in place right now? Yes. I was reading about it last night, and it's saying, like, if there's any issue anywhere uh, yep. it, that, like, economic or environmental, any, like, severe issue, they say it's like the word severe is in there, and who defines that? The president, apparently, that they can just... What is it like? Morph all power? I didn't. I didn't go so far on it last night. But is it that they can morph all powers under one branch yes, of government? The, the, are you familiar with Presidential Directive Fifty One? No. Uh, it's not been tested. It may just be a stupid statement made by Bush. Huh. It's been revised several times under the previous presidents. I think even Trump may have revised it. Uh, basically, says that if there is any kind of disaster anywhere in the world, the president has the authority to dissolve the government and reform it. Under uh, a single a single branch, a constitutional government, so it would have to abide by the original you know rules, and uh, um, it would the, the the three branches of government would be organized by uh, would be controlled by the national continuity coordinator under the executive branch. They could try it; it might go to the courts, but it's an interesting circumstance when one branch asserts the authority of the other two, and then one of those branches by which they are subject subjugated by this other branch says, "We reject your authority." It doesn't really make sense how that would play out. Like, if the executive branch says, you report to us now, and the court says, we hereby decree, we don't. Yeah. Well, the mm-hmm. guys with guns are going to show up and say, yes, you do. Yeah. And that's the, that's, that's a power created by Bush. And there's been other versions of it, but it's been updated several times. It's not a coincidence. The executive branch has the word execute in it. Well, that's what it means. For, yeah, to not only make something happen to execute the plan, but also to execute someone. Mm-hmm. That's, yes, literally what yeah. the executive branch does. They, yeah. they, Crazy. They're the ones with the guns who go they're out and enforce the law. So, I thought they were supposed to execute the law. Yeah. Well, Enforcement. sure. Yeah. Not execute the people. Yeah. But I mean, yeah. well, that's why they're trying to take the guns too. I mean, exactly. Part of it. You know, they want to make sure that we can't defend ourselves if they decide to attack. You know. Well, let's be honest. If they, if they did, we, we have seen things like Waco and, uh, uh, Ruby Ridge. Ruby Ridge. Most people would just, Smile and put their hands behind their back and go along wherever they were supposed to be going. And that's what happened in, uh, let's, let's use the most, the most uh, talked about trope and cliche, Nazi Germany. There were a lot of people who at a certain point just said, it's getting bad. We got to get out of here. But most people just said it can't happen here. Mm -hmm. Yep. Until it did. And, uh, a lot of people, you know, I was, I've been, I've been reading more and more about it for obvious reasons. I've also been reading about the Spanish Civil War. People, they'd show up to the house, knock on the door and say, for your safety, you're coming with us, get in the cart. And they'd be like, okay, let me grab my things. And they'd say, okay, and they'd take the people off. Some, you know, often without their things, just no, 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 take your family, you're coming, it's for your own safety, you have to do it. And people just said yes. Mm-hmm. We're seeing that in Australia. Yep. yep. Not like they're taking people in Australia to, you know, work camps to, to rot them out till they die. But it's crazy to me that there is, there's a video out of Australia where the cops show up to a guy's house unannounced and they say, sir, you have tested positive for COVID and you are now being indefinitely quarantined. Get in the van. And he goes, all right, mate. And he just hops in the van. And yeah. I'm just like, wow, crazy. Yeah, the Germans used uh, typhus as an excuse. They said a lot yep. of the Jewish population had typhus. I don't know if that was the reason for taking them on the trains, but maybe that was like, for your own safety, we don't want you to get sick. Come it, was, with us. it was one of the propaganda things they were claiming about, oh, these, these, these ghettos are dirty and they have typhus, so they have to be taken to special facilities. And we know how that went. And, you know, look, we look back at history. I don't think history is going to repeat itself. History rhymes. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, people who are ignorant will be like, oh, that can't happen here or that won't happen. And it's like, probably not. No, to be honest, some form of it will. Well, see, the, they don't have to actually murder you now like they did 
then. Yeah. They don't have to murder you and dispose of your body. Now they can just digitally erase you. Mm. Yeah. They can just neutralize you by by removing your voice from the community. So it's it, it'll happen differently. It's like what they're doing with Rogan. You know, you're you're just you have to be careful or the government will just erase your point of view, demonize you, de- destroy your ability to to express yourselves if you have wrong think, if you have a bad opinion. They used to ostracize well, people, throw them out of the country and not let them back in. But now that was before electricity and telephones and stuff. You know, yeah, that. they don't even have to do that now. They just yeah. shut you down. Well, that's why it's called character assassination. The entire idea is you neutralize the threat that somebody poses by telling the truth or by stating some facts that you find to be inconvenient. And, um, or by lying. It's, you know, or, or by lying. Sure. You can, you can perform a character assassination on someone who has actually lied, but yeah, it's very frightening. And at some point you wonder how much they really have to do to cover anything up, how much information they really need to hide from the people. It seems to me, uh, that all you really have to do is attack and character assassinate the people who are speaking the truth. And then even if the facts seem fishy to the general public and they're not willing to buy into your narrative, they're going to be too scared to say anything. They take like a wait and watch approach. And if the person ends up getting busted, it do- almost doesn't matter if they were right or wrong. They're like, I don't want that to happen to me. Right. This is why I've been saying for a while about the police. You look at what's going on in, uh, up in Ontario when that cop arrests that 78 year old man. Here's the crazy thing. So there's this viral video where 78-year-old man's honking his horn. The cop arrests him. This was before honking was banned. Mm. So this is just some cop deciding to bully an old man who honked his horn. You look at the cops who are seizing gasoline. You look at the cops who are defending Antifa. They don't care. They literally don't care. And it's crazy when I meet cops who are like, I'm a big fan of the show. And I'm just like, I hope you're one of the good ones because we got too many bad ones. The Capitol Police are all some really evil people. I mean, you look at what they were saying on TV, how they were lying about things. I get that there was a bad fight and there was rioting and stuff. I'm not discrediting that or anything like that. But it's crazy how they're willing to just say the most absurd and ridiculous statements. I was – the next day I was – you know, the the craziest thing is they're like the the left is claiming the stress of it resulted in officers taking their own lives and stuff like that. I'm like, come on, man. You know, we don't know why those officers, some officers did take their own lives. Yeah. And I don't know if that's related or not, but it's just such a dirty, dirty thing. They're, they're, they're milking this as much as they can. I will tell you this, you know, I'm most frustrated with the people who actually ride and fought with cops and tried to break in, and, and literally broke in the building mm-hmm. because it's just Absolutely. like watching people, you know, it's like, it's like watching someone walking down the road and they're like on the side of a cliff and then they look to their left and start to walk towards the cliff and you're like, please don't do that. And they go, I'll be fine. Bye. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like Alex Jones was there saying, stop, don't go inside, don't do it. They didn't listen to him. Yeah. A lot of young young people thinking they're going to reload their save game if something goes wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, if you see in the movie, you just see we have all these people, suspicious looking people, exhorting the crowd. Come this way. You know, get in here. Go into the Capitol. Break in. You know, they're just constantly berating these people, screaming at them. And you also have the Capitol Police who are in many instances the aggressors here. They they were firing flashbangs and tear gas grenades and pepper spray into the middle of the crowd. That's what driving do. them forward. Rather than trying to keep them from coming forward, they were just firing into the middle of the crowd and you know the stuff that happened in the tunnel, it's now being revealed that Roseanne Boylan was probably beaten to death mm. by a police wow. officer. Dude, top during command during, was probably like, just we can't contain this, just get him in the building, we'll bust them all later. Well, I don't know about that, but in Ferguson, one of the nights I was down at the riots, 
people had stopped rioting and protesting. It was, it was um, maybe like the fifth night. And they were just dancing in the street playing music. One cop from the police line at the, at the uh, far end of West Florissant casually walked up, pulled a flashbang, and just threw it into a crowd of dancing people. And that immediately started a riot. People then started screaming, running towards the police, yelling. And then all of a sudden, people who didn't live in the neighborhood started smashing windows and stealing stuff. The cops did that. Mm-hmm. So when I say abolish the police, I'm, I'm telling you this right now. You look at what is going on with the purging of wrong think. They're, 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 they start by saying, if you're, if you're unvaccinated, there's a mandate, you're fired. Well, guess what? Only the people that fall in line is do it and do as they're told are going to remain on as police. They're going to re- re- remain in military. Then they're going to put those National Guardsmen in your schools, teach your kids like they're doing in New Mexico. They're having them drive school buses in Massachusetts. They're going to replace more and more jobs because of the emergency and the labor shortage with National Guard. And they've already purged the ranks of anybody who would disobey, who would disobey the narrative. Right. You don't want to live under that boot. So your best bet right now is just, hey, call the bluff of the left. Yeah, 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 abolish the police. And then when they're like, no, 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 I thought you wanted to. I yeah. think it's funny when the left, like they freak out because I tweeted abolish the police. And they're like, well, I mean, but, but he wants militias. And I'm like, that's literally what you asked for. Yeah. You said community police. What, what do you think militias are? <laughs> yeah. What do they think was going to, well, social workers actually, Tim, is what they want. Huh. Because um, they don't really want to abolish the police. They want yes. control of the police. Well, yeah. Yes. No, that's exactly what it is. And uh, the police it, with a smile on their face are, face are putting boots on people's necks. It, it's funny. You know, you mentioned the, um, the police officers and yes, there were officers harmed on January 6th. That's very unfortunate. Uh, however, I should point out that according to the major cities chiefs association, 72% of major city law enforcement agencies had officers harmed during the BLM riots. 72%. That is a massive number. And you know, I don't care. You know, I, I literally don't care. That you know, they were injured? I mean, I, I think it's horrible when well, anyone gets injured if, if or you're gonna, assaulted. If, if, if you're going to show up to Attila's gym and arrest the owners or try and prosecute them and seize money from their bank accounts, you want sympathy from me. The police in this country I have no have sympathy lost. for that guy, no. No, I'm just... Uh, look, man. There are there there are small offices and departments. I'll I'll put it this way: sheriff's offices with duly elected mm-hmm. law enforcement. Oh, I think they're great. They still mm-hmm. do bad things. There was a, there was a woman who was arrested yeah, for course. opening her cafe during lockdown, and yeah. it was the sheriffs who came and arrested her. The deputies. Yeah, that's 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 bad. But these big city police departments, what I'm referring to specifically, they 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 did nothing while the riots were happening. It's true. And when it happened, I said, well, look, I don't blame them for defending the, these these businesses from people who won't support them. But then they turn around and became the vandals who locked down their businesses to yeah. destroy these people's lives. So I sit back at these cities and I'm like, y'all deserve each other. But I, but here's my main point: if the police departments are pur- are purged of wrong thinkers, and all that's left are going to be those who toe the line, and that's what we've seen over the past two years: the people, the cops who stayed on during the BLM riots after all the disrespect. That's a, that's a, that's a great mental test, psychological test. Are you willing to endure extreme pressure where everyone hates you, where we won't support you, and you shut your mouth and get on your knees? And these officers who stayed said, yes, that's a good sign for a despot. They then said, okay, now you got to inject yourself with something. And a bunch of them were like, nah, that's too far for me. But a lot of them said, yes, sir, may I have another? Yeah. And they got their second shot and their boosters. And now we're at the point where you think, that these departments will defend your right to liberty? No. No, certainly not. If there not. ever was a group of people who were going to, uh, who were going to goose step to the, to the, to the mar- barking, uh, marching orders of a despot, it is the modern police that have remained through all of this, refusing to stand up for themselves, refusing to stand up for others, 
falling in line over overtly illegal orders and rule by decree. I'm not going to defend any of those people. Yeah, when you talk about illegal orders, because it's called law enforcement. So if if you're getting illegal orders from a top-down authority and you're the law enforcement, you're supposed to not follow the illegal order and stay lawful. They don't care about what's legal. They don't know what's legal. <clears throat> there have been many instances in my life where I've, I've had cops tell me that something was illegal and it wasn't. You know, New York mm-hmm. is a great example. That's a frozen zone, the cop told me and my friends in, during Occupy Wall Street. And I'm like, you made that up. It's not even a, <laughs> there's no frozen zones. They just made it up one day. And you see what's going on with the BLM mural painted in New York City. The 27 officers who defended it on an illegal seizure of taxpayer funds for a political message. Yep. And the police were like, boss told me to do it. I'll arrest anybody who opposes me. Yeah, we're in dark, dark times now, man. Agreed. I think, um, it, but in terms of, and maybe this is a small white pill, but I think there's a white pill here. Uh, and despite all of the media propaganda, a large number of the American people, or a large swath of the population are still seeing through this. According to a Rasmussen report survey that was done back in July, only about 50% of the population who was surveyed at that time supported Nancy Pelosi's January 6th committee and investigating that, whereas two-thirds of American citizens surveyed wanted an investigation into the 2020 BLM riots. So no matter how much they're lying about this or trying to call this an insurrection and tell us to ignore that, the majority of the American people do see the truth about it. So we're getting this. Let's jump to the story we have, and we'll see what's going on in the U.S. CBS News reports U.S. truckers planning protest convoy, perhaps starting in L.A. for Super Bowl, DHS warns. That's right. The Department of Homeland Security is warning an American convoy may begin. If it's anything like what we saw in Canada, it will work. Huh. It'll be very effective and uh, it'll probably end up winning. And they're already they're already starting to pull back on the mandates. That would have been so funny if you just went on to the next story right after. <laughs> like, that's it. <laughs> we should that's do that it. one Thank night. Thank you very much. But, uh, but I am wondering if this is even a real story. I, I know there have been conversations about locking down the Super Bowl, but that seems weird to me. Almost like the idea was seeded specifically to ruin the Freedom Convoy. Because right now, regular people don't know, like, I'm talking about average people sitting at home, of, of, of which there are very few, because I think most people are polarized. They're like, I don't know a whole lot about what's going on with that convoy thing. But the, the, the manipulation, the propaganda has mostly failed. You go on Reddit, and people are like, they're just working class dudes, they're drivers. The propaganda's not working. Well, you want to piss off regular people? Shut down the Super Bowl. Hmm. And I'm oh, I'm suspicious of you know DHS's warnings. It's like yeah. I, you know I think that the it, it it's high it's likely that they could be just sort of trying to say there's a threat out there that that's not really there to make yeah, it w- seem like you know those extreme people those truckers they they're, they're going to try to kill your Super Bowl. Yeah, you know? public warnings just don't make a lot of sense to me. If a military comes out and is like China has you, we think that China's UFO is like, come on, dude, what are you telling me for? Yeah, I don't. You you would only tell the people that need, it's a need to know thing. They would tell L.A. law enforcement about this. They you, wouldn't in surrounding areas. They wouldn't be telling the public. Did you right. see that Unless, that clip of the journalist arguing with the uh, what was it was it Dan Price? What was his, what was his name? I don't, I don't know the guy's I don't name. Remember his name. He's the uh, the uh, with the Canadian guy. No, 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 no. no. It's a journalist talking to an American uh, official about Russia's Russia's false flag attack because mm. the U.S. Oh, keeps yeah. saying over and over again Russia's going to stage a false flag, and yeah. then he's like, "What proof do you have?" And they're like, "Well, we issued a transcript. That's something you said happened. <laughs> what proof do you have?" Yeah. And then he goes. Crisis actors? Are you kidding? This is Alex Jones stuff. Yeah. And then he goes on to mention, I think, like, the WMDs and, like, the war in Iraq. I'm like, that guy just snapped. Wow. Something happened to him. He woke up and the narrative broke. Yeah. He was just out of the matrix. Yeah. And, and the, 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 
the government guy was going, oh, you're, what are you on Putin's side? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just, it, it's so funny how we returned to that too. Uh, I remember during the 2012 election when Mitt Romney said something about Russia being a growing threat. And of course he would. He's like an establishment swamp creature. But right. the response from the left was, oh my goodness, isn't this hysterical? You know, the eighties called, they want their villain back. Yeah. And then in 2016, when we're even more removed from that era, <laughs> it's Russia, Russia, I mean, Russia. Yeah. What a strange villain. It's like we, we were joking about this in, uh, in burn after reading when she she wants to sell the information to the Russians and everyone in the CIA is like the Russians yeah why, why? yeah why? like what, what would they yeah well also because if, if if you're not familiar with that movie the information was nothing it's also the it's information like, was saying? it was nothing it was just I, like the Russians like I, what I got a question for you guys if uh, a bunch of truckers showed up um, in DC and then something happened that uh, a mass casualty event took the lives of these truckers. How do you think the left, the establishment left, and many leftists would react? Mocking. Uh, they would laugh until there was no one to bring them their food. Yeah, exactly. They absolutely would laugh. Isn't that? Kind they of would scary? celebrate it. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's, that's that's pretty scary. Yeah, they'd say they deserved it. Yeah. Yep. Maybe some look at what they do to Ashley Babbitt. You know, it's like sometimes you get glimpses of humanity from people like Jake Tapper and stuff. Mm-hmm. So maybe people would be like, "This is it. This is the moment that it went too far." Well, I guess you know sometimes the brain slug that infected his mind and took over his body loses control. Yeah. He's, he's able to break out. And I he's see like, light. Well, just all of a sudden on CNN, he's like. I love all of you. Honey, I love you. And you make me think the of the, um, the Kent State <laughs> shooting in 1970, May 4th, Kent State. I went to Kent State and it was a big deal on campus. These four, there was a big crowd of students protesting Vietnam and then the National Guard came out to try and quiet them down. They were throwing rocks at the National Guard. Yeah. They opened fire on the crowd and killed four, injured others. And it was a huge national, just a tragedy. And it, it basically was the beginning of the end of Vietnam. Neil Young song. Yeah. Four and uh, Buffalo Springfield. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Neil was in Buffalo Springfield. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah but oh, the wow. uh, the um, for what it's worth, that's such a good. song. Yeah, it's a great song. But and the people well, who got who lost their lives weren't protesters. I'm pretty sure. Wait. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Neil was in Buffalo Springfield. The, when the when the oh, shooting really? State happened, yeah, it was bystanders. It was just people who were on campus walking by. One guy used to sit on that hill. But there was also injuries. One guy took a bullet through his his wrist, I think, uh, and it paralyzed. His I would hand sit on the hill and envision all the people and just think about it. Sometimes that's just crazy, well, man. Well, one thing here in. I mean, this almost in some ways makes it more frightening, but I'll issue a caveat to this idea of left-wing people hypothetically laughing in the situation, and we seem to believe that many of them would. I think there's also an argument to be made that those among them who have some level of uh, of empathy for their opposition and don't necessarily hate everyone who stands in their way would still feel pressure to not care about the loss of life because as soon as they st- stood up and said these are human beings, they'd be rejected because that's exactly what happens to them when they say that about the unborn or any other group that the left is okay with the death of. Zombie horde. Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 it's mindless. You know, that we were talking about this with your film, your agent, you know, getting fired. These are people who don't care about the truth. They don't want to hear the truth. They just want to hate. Yeah, they want to be a part of it. Uh, uh, imagine a mob of people with pitchforks and torches. They don't know. They don't care. They're just going to do whatever the mob does. I've watched it happen in real time. I've I've been in these major protests where I've seen people lose it and attack random people. I was in San Jose during that uh, infamous Trump rally. I filmed I, I filmed a guy getting smacked in the back of the head with a bag of what we think were rocks. Oh wow! Went viral overnight, and there was also a guy who got beat up because they just. Someone decided to beat him up, and the mob just said, that's the guy we're beating up. Turns out he was a part of the mob. There was a kid. Some 16-year-old kid was walking down the street. Someone started attack, chase, running after him. The whole mob chased after him. It's, it's absolutely insane, but that's what we're dealing with. 
the, I, I, I suppose I'll put it this way. If you've got liberals, conservatives, moderates, you know, traditionalists, progressives that are all in alignment, but they all agree with liberty and, and, and being inquisitive. So there's like, uh, uh Jimmy Dore. Jimmy Dore is progressive and lefty, but yeah. he believes in the truth. So we like the guy, mm-hmm. you know, cause you know, we disagree on politics across, you know, all day and night. It's clear that the, the, what divides us is not policy. It is simply there is a, 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 a mob of people that want to be a mob and there's everyone else who want to live and understand and solve problems. Mm-hmm. Those are the two groups that are clashing right now. And the left is kind of the, the, the way they've been brought to this point by the Democrat Party and the leaders in that movement is, is they've been told over and over again, you are the good people. And it's that self-righteousness of like that surety and that self-righteousness. Those people over there are bad. They hate gays. They hate black people. They hate everybody. You know, you're one of the good people. So no matter what they say, we ha- we have to remain above them. I was having a deep conversation yeah. last night um, about this and about after 9-11. All of a sudden, this narrative of good and evil started getting shoved down my throat by George Bush and everybody else around him. And it was like, they're bad, you're good, we're the heroes, God's on our side, good versus evil, good versus evil. Then superhero movies started coming out. Mm-hmm. Good versus evil. Where people are brainwashed. They think it's good versus evil now. It's terrifying. Well, I don't but think it is, good Ian. versus evil no, it's is not. the problem. Trust me, it's not. Ian. Would that be it's good? Not, there's, there's destruction and creation, but all the other stuff just, is perspective. There, it's just you're, you're just wrong. I understand. They what want you're you saying. to think that. They no, want no, you polarized. Yeah. Maybe I, they want I, you I understand to think what you're that. saying, but uh, someone swatted us, and we got swatted twice. And why would we get swatted a second time? Is it evil to try and kill someone because they have conversations you don't like? Well, like I just said, man, there's it, creation and destruction, and is then it, is, 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 it, it depends on who you ask. If I'm going to give you a different answer than everyone else, though, so give me your answer. What's the question again? Yeah, is from it, what you said, killing someone for what? Trying to get someone killed, a group of people killed yeah, because they have conversations you don't like. Oh, for me, that I think of that is terribly now, evil. Now, 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 who would disagree with you? The people trying to kill the person having the conversation. Evil people. Well, yeah. to them, you're the evil. I mean, Yo, it's all perspective. And who's telling the story? But who's Ian, in control of the narrative? But I, so I agree with you that people have different perspectives, but some perspectives are wrong. That's the point. And they would say the same thing. I'm telling and, you. And they would be wrong. It's okay Ian. to say I'm right and you're wrong. But it's sometimes. okay to be wrong also. Yeah. Not, but not, not any longer not than always. you have to be. As soon as you get the new information that shows that your previously held assumptions were incorrect, you have an obligation to accept those. I think 99.9% of that. humanity has agreed that killing people for no reason is wrong. And, uh, a smaller, a, a, a slightly large, uh, large single digit percentage probably agrees with preemptive murder for the sake of ideology. Like if the most, you know, well, the Iraqi, if the Iraqi I mean, president's are... so dangerous, it's okay to get rid of like 80,000 citizens. Yeah, communists yeah, tend to be, you know, no, that's uh, the American government. Depraved. The American government did that. The, the Democratic Republic of the United States I'll put it, invaded I'll put it and this murdered way. citizens for that. Oh, but, but you're, but yeah, you're arguing that evil. that's evil. It is yes. evil. Yes. yes. So, but, but, they, but people don't think it. People are like, hey, the ends justify the means because that guy's so dangerous. And but sometimes no, that guy no, is no, so no, dangerous. No, no, no. Like Hitler. Ian, 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 you are incorrect. On the right and the left, there is populist unity that invading foreign countries and blowing people up is wrong. What about Nazi? I mean, what about firebombing Dresden to stop Hitler. You're, you're talking, Where's the evil? You're talking that? about a response. So like if some guy in a house starts breaking into other people's homes and killing people and then we go and he's in, in one of the houses so we're like the only thing we can do to stop this guy is burn the house down but you know might hurt somebody else like this guy's already killed so many yeah. people. Yeah. That's called the difficult decision. This is good because yeah. I think That's you're the, talking about individual one-on-one interactions. There now we can start to get a nuance of good and evil. 
but in the in the society, it's dangerous mm-hmm. to slap that label around. Well, yeah, I mean, whether you're talking about like uh, firebombing Dresden or firebombing Tokyo or nuclear uh, bombs being dropped in Hiroshima and Nagasaki, you can agree that one particular side of the conflict was correct and had to win, while also saying this was objectively morally evil. You should not make civilians a target of warfare. That's a position you can hold. Like but you're not saying you but that to doesn't do make to but no, 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 good. No, 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 you're not saying that. You're saying like actually they shouldn't have done that. They were I was on their side or am on their side, but I don't think that that's something they should have done. Let you me, can agree with you can side with somebody and still say but don't do that. You're not pledging like undying uh, agreement with everything me. they do or have done. Let, let, let me let me let me explain something for you, Ian. If I say I've reviewed as much evidence as I can from what happened on January 6th, and there are some people who did some some things that were very wrong and should be held accountable. And there are some people that are being harassed and even tortured by the government. And that's wrong. I'm uh, I'm trying to be as objective and honest as possible to be fair and just to as many people as I can so that we can all live in harmony. Trying to help people flourish, stopping the bad, stopping the pain, stopping the suffering and promoting growth is typically a good thing. When you have other organizations that lie on purpose to, to, to create destruction and cause pain and suffering and then lie to convince people that we're the evil ones, that's evil. I know, man, but now we're talking about like living, living, like living and lying and knowing you're lying and acting anyway. I, I know this phone is made by slaves. I know that and I'm doing it anyway. Yeah. And, and so what am I living a lie? Just walking around like la di da. Do you acknowledge that I don't it's think evil? Of, yeah, like if they were here, I would I wouldn't be like la di da. I'd be like free these guys, but they're 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 out of sight, out of mind. I, so I, I, I know I, it. But Ian, but so but what I'm catching it, I think you actually believe so firmly and deeply in morality that you're arguing for moral consistency. But you're seeing that as saying that morality doesn't exist. I really think on some level you do believe in good and evil. You just aren't acknowledging it. I really think you do because you get really upset when a person is hypocritical about their moral values. And why would that be upsetting for you if good and evil weren't real? I think you're right. I, I do believe I am good, but I am a mm-hmm. product of my parents and what they told me good is. But did you choose to accept that definition and have you chosen to act on it? Because that is yeah. your own free will. Yeah. That's not just your yeah, parents. It, it, it jived with society, so I accepted it. Is that why you accepted it? Basically. Are you going to tell me you've never made a moral decision because you thought it was the right thing to do and not because it jived oh, with society? I've done that too. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So you can't just say, well, it's all relative and it's all my parents. At some mm-hmm. point, you made choices. Those, yeah. Let, let's, let's talk about yeah. the movie industry. Yeah, yeah. Because there was, there was something I wanted to bring up uh, actually in all of this context, and it's the, the response we saw from the establishment and the left over Alec Baldwin and the shooting. Because I've, I've, I've went, you know, go, gone off on the Alec Baldwin thing many a time. Based on everything I've already read about what happened with Alec Baldwin, for those that aren't familiar, he was on a movie set. He had a, a live gun, a single action revolver. Um, I can't remember what, what ammo type it was. I don't think it was 45. I'm not sure. But, uh, he shot and killed the cinematographer, put, put, pointed the gun at her, pulled the hammer back. Then they say the gun went off and killed her. He said he didn't know that she got shot for 45 minutes, which hmm. is to imply that while he was holding the gun and pointing it at her, pulling the hammer back, and then it banged and went off in his hand, which, for which he felt the recoil. When she collapsed to the ground dying, he simply walked away and didn't bother ask what was going on. He did not even know. She, she must have just fainted, he said. So, in my opinion, based on this story, they've tried blaming the armorer who was on the set. Uh, at first, you know, we were like, wow, it sounds like an accident. Once we got the real details, I think it is 
more likely that Alec Baldwin was extremely angry. He's a hothead. And he shot and killed this woman. I think he wasn't, he was just in a, in a fit of rage. Mm. I don't know how you could, you could argue that this circuitous, uh, uh, the, all these events took place that coincidentally landed a live bullet in a gun where the sear was broken. So the gun went off. But, uh, uh, Nick, you actually worked with that armorer. Yeah, when I saw that, uh, you know, I was reading about the Alec Baldwin thing when it first broke, and it said, you know, the armorer there, it was her second movie, and I was like, oh, my gosh, it's Hannah. It means, you know, I'd done the old way with Nicolas Cage back in August, and she was the armorer on that film, and, you know, I, she seemed competent to me. She taught me how to load an old Winchester, and, you know, I mean, she, she did a good job. As far as I can tell, I didn't have any problems with her. But the, the, the thing about the Alec Baldwin thing that makes absolutely no sense is, number one, how did a live round get in there? I mean, I, yeah. I've never been on a set where there was a live round. I mean, I, I just never happened. And the other thing that occurred to me, too, in reading the steps, he was handed the gun by a first AD who said, it's a cold gun. That's not how you do it. The armorer brings the gun to you, shows you everything that's in the gun. If you're firing the gun, it's, you know, the armorer will say, you have two rounds here, and they're blanks. You pull the trigger twice, and then it's done. There's no more bullets in the gun. So you know exactly what's in the gun at all times. And even if the, even if the, they say cut, they come and they take the gun away from you for 30 seconds. When the armorer brings a gun back, he does the same thing. He shows you every single time. I don't know how in the world, you know, that, that happened with Alec Baldwin, the, with the first AD just handing him a gun, Alec Baldwin not looking in the gun, and, and then pulling well, the trigger. You worked with this, uh, this Hannah, this armorer. Yeah. yeah. And when you worked with her, she showed you the gun and explained to you the ammo, that, all that stuff, as you described. Yeah. Well, and, and the other thing that I read about uh, the Alec Baldwin shooting is that Hannah, the armorer, was not in the room. Because SAG has these COVID restrictions and people have designations of A, B, or C. And if you're in the B group or the C group, you can't be indoors with people in the A group. So Hannah was not allowed to be in that church when the, the, he was using the gun. Then it sounds like the production team is liable of some sort of felonious activity. Oh, absolutely. Incompetence, if nothing else. Yeah. And the other thing, too, that was a rehearsal. Hmm. He was just, you know, they weren't shooting the scene. Every time I've ever done a rehearsal with a gun, it's a rubber gun. It's not, they don't even give you the real gun until you're actually shooting the scene where you have to see the real gun. I've heard that they were like, had live rounds and they were target practicing between shoot days and takes and stuff. I don't know how to confirm that or deny that, but I've heard that. Well, from I've heard that sources. too. I mean, that's very, very. Uh, that's not. That's not normal. And yeah. so that's what they're doing. And I can also believe it. Like out in the in the West, out in the desert, a bunch of them just kind of like twenty people making a movie on the fly, kind of like having fun, drinking beer at night. Like. Yeah, and a lot of it too was that you know he he had had some crew problems or whatever. The crew was a lot of the crew had quit because of the conditions on the set. There were previous. Uh, discharges, you know, accidental discharges that they said the set wasn't safe. A lot of the crew had quit, and so he'd replaced them yeah. with less experienced people. So there's a big convergence of a whole lot of incompetence that went in there. But to your point, 
I don't know how a live round got in that gun. Mm-hmm. I mean, and and for him to be, if if it's like you said, if he was there, he's got decades in anger, of experience. Yeah, and not just that. It isn't that there was simply one live round in one gun one time. You're saying there were multiple discharges on set that made crew feel unsafe. Yeah, and, th- and this is not live round discharges. This is just okay. This is just blanks. But you know, whenever a gun's going to be fired, you yes. say fire in the hole. Everybody knows because you got to get the ear protection out. Whatever you know, there were just a couple of times when the gun went off and everybody went, "What the hell? What are you doing?" You know, I was the one saying Mammoth. that I've heard that they were doing target practice with live rounds on set, and there were a mix of live rounds and dummy rounds, and they. I just, heard that too. I've been reading about it, and I don't know how to confirm or deny it. But I mean, come on, there was a live round on set. So well, really. sometimes they will. Usually, it's a different day. But if you're shooting. Like if you're shooting a lot in a movie, they will take you to a range and let you feel what the recoil is on a real gun, so that when you're acting and you're shooting blanks, you can act like you know you're you're actually firing the real thing. So that happens, but that's usually like if that happens, it's on a different day and it's it, 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 totally separate from. I mean, if they're just walking around back and you know. So shooting you, some cans the, or something that's that's not acceptable the know. response we end up seeing strangely is uh tribal people defending alec baldwin yeah. in the establishment left people criticizing him in the anti-establishment right and it seemingly has nothing to do with politics i mean alec baldwin is you know democrat you know activist and all that stuff maybe that's a, a big reason but what happened with alec baldwin is not political Yet here we are. Well, the, I think the only thing people see as political is the aftermath of that him getting away with it, and he's getting away with it because he's part of the left wing establishment. You know that they, they they don't want to go after him because just like you were saying earlier, the people in uh, D.C. Yep. are going to be put in, for, in front of Democrat jurors who yep. will convict them. Yep. Alec Baldwin will never see a day. You in You think court. the people are like, I I know he did it. And I know he's responsible, but I love his work so much that I don't want to put him in jail because I want to see another Alec Baldwin movie. <laughs> he's not that great. He's not that good. I think it's a I, tribal thing. I bet thing. he has zealous fans Well, are like, I'll follow him to hell and back. But what I mean, percentage of the population could that be? Like 0.000. Yeah. Well, you know, like 80,000 people or something. If you saw Team America, World Police, you know, Alec Baldwin <laughs> is the greatest actor in the world. 100%. Oh, yeah. <laughs> And I mean, I like his work. Backdraft. Yeah. You know, yeah. I saw his brother doing him. pretty good, too. Beetlejuice. Yeah. yeah. Great movie. Yeah. Fantastic. I've liked him in certain things, yeah. Oh, yeah. His talent is undeniable, but also, you know, that's not what this is about. No. And no. it should never be about. No. It took someone's Except life. in my case. Of course, yeah. <laughs> it's all very talented. You're extremely talented. So, well, one question <laughs> I'd like to ask. Nick, I'm curious. As you were working on this documentary, what was the most interesting thing you discovered? Well, when we went into it, we, the original title of the movie was The Trouble with Free Speech because I saw this as like a, the government suppressing free speech and trying to keep these people from, you know, deter these people from ever coming to Washington and, and making their voices heard again. But what, what we wound up discovering is that by talking to these people who had been visited by the FBI and the way they were being treated, and the, that was the most shocking thing. It's just like... Every story in this movie, you just can't believe that this is America. They are coming to these people's houses. These are people that have never been arrested for anything before in their lives. And they're 6 a.m., SWAT teams, 20 rifles, red dots on their chest, come out with your hands up, uh, handcuffing their wives and daughters, and breaking down doors. And, I mean, it, it's real 
terrorist kind of Gestapo-like tactics. And as these stories started to pile up, I was just like, okay, this is, this is the story we have to tell. This is, this is, this is what this movie's about. It's about how these people are being treated and why are they being treated that way? And so that, you know, to, to realize that your government is intentionally terrorizing innocent people. Only one of the, only one of the people that we interview ever went in the building and those are the two twin 74 year old grandmothers. Everybody else is outside, never went inside. So we, we started talking about how you had worked with the armor on, on, uh, from the, um, the Alec Baldwin movie, Hannah, what's her name? I can't remember it's her Gutierrez last name. Reed. Gutierrez Reed. Yeah. So, so, uh, we mentioned you, you worked with her. You've been in TV shows and movies. How has it been trying to continue that career after making a documentary like this and voting for Trump and think, you know, <laughs> have they, have they, I can't imagine they're very happy with you. Well, no, but you know, I have, I've worked in the business long enough that I have friends who know who I am and hire me anyway, you know, and you know, sometimes it's not, you know, I don't know. I, I, I still continue to get work here and there. It's not as much as it used to be. That may be because I'm old or, or it may be because I'm a right wing radical Republican <laughs> insurrectionist, you know, <laughs> I don't know, but I, you know, like I say, I, I have relationships that uh, you know, sustain me to this day. And, and I'm also at this point in my life, I'm really much more interested in pursuing movies that I want to make that I want to have some control over. And I'm not so much interested in just like trying to get a job in somebody else's left wing garbage. You know? What's, uh, you know? what, what are you, what are you working on now? Or is there something you've worked on recently? Um, well, uh, Terror on the Prairie is a movie that's coming out with, uh, Gina Carano. That'll come out June 10th. That's the Daily Wire movie. Oh, cool. Um, and uh but that's already done i'm i'm trying to put together some uh movies that uh a couple of narrative features that i wrote with a partner blake ellis uh one called where i'm bound which is about gospel quartet music in the 60s that's a very sexy subject and um and i'm also trying there's another documentary i want to make about the uh 1972 Olympic men's basketball team that got screwed by the Russians. Oh, wow. And 11 of those guys are still alive. This is the 50th anniversary this year of, of that game. And, uh, all those guys have refused the silver medal to this day. And the one guy that passed away put it in his will that no one in his family can ever take, <laughs> can ever take that silver medal because they were just blatantly cheated out of the gold medal. Interesting. What, what, what's the story there? They, uh, basically it was a close game and it's interesting because, uh, you know, a lot of the best players in America didn't play that year. Like Bill Walton wouldn't play. He had just come out of UCLA and this is before they let professional players play. So it was not, I mean, it was a good team, but it wasn't like the best of the best, right? And so it was a very close game and they replayed the last three seconds of the game three times until the Russians won. What? They, America was up by one point. Doug Collins had hit two free throws with three seconds left, and Russia was taking the ball out of bounds under uh, America's basket. They had to go the length of the court. They played the three seconds the first time and threw the ball out of bounds, and time ran out, and the referee said, oh, no, he called timeout before before the ball was thrown in. And they're like, no, no, he didn't. Nobody called timeout. And then they did it again. They, they replayed that three seconds again, some other problem, and they had like, it, it, well, not to tell the whole story, but there were five judges that let them replay the, 
the three seconds a third time. And on the third time, they threw the ball the length of the court. The Russian center pushed the American out of bounds, caught the ball, and put it in, and wow. they won by one point. Was it a Soviet uh, judge? judges, all five of them? It was it, – it, well, it was – no, it was two pro-Soviet judges and two uh, pro-America judges. And the fifth judge was supposed to be this judge from Egypt who was – Pro, he was pro-Western, but when the Israeli athletes were murdered nine days before this game, Egypt pulled all their athletes huh. out of the Olympics, and that judge was not there, and they put in another judge who was a Russian. Well, this is a good story. Mm. This is yeah. be a good movie. <laughs> it's a great story. It really is. It's a great story because it's it's geopolitics. It's the Cold War. It's you know it's all that stuff, and and all and. Also, with the uh, the killing of the Israeli athletes at that Olympics, it's it sort of that's kind of why this story got forgotten because it wasn't as important as that. You know, what's a budget for a movie like that? Well, it's a, it, I see it as a four four hour documentary. Yeah, oh. yeah, I could probably make it about million one point wow. five. I could probably. Do how do you? That. How does a how does a person come across money like that to make a movie? Well, you gotta. You got to convince uh, investors that you can make some money with it, you know. Yeah. And and you know, a lot of times with a movie like this, you pitch it to ESPN or you pitch it to Netflix. That's the easiest way. But to make it independently, you got to you got to, and that's what we've been trying to do because Netflix won't talk to me. <laughs> Are you taking <laughs> donations to produce the movie? Um, we're not taking open donations. I, you know, we, we're not. That's complicated process. Uh, so we're trying to find, you know, you investors. Like, you spin up like a corporation that like owns the movie and then that's, L- can, yeah, like a LLC. Yeah. I just recently found out that's kind of how Hollywood works is when they make a movie, they make a corporation that owns the movie and then they can give like people percentages of that corporation right. that work on mm. that movie. And every movie kind of has to have its own company. Right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, but it's, you know, I, I have some people interested and, uh, you know, that's, that's, that's something that I would really like to do soon. Have you done anything with crypto? See, I'm old. I don't even know what crypto is. <laughs> Who knows? When you're talking about crypto, uh, I go, I don't I'm like, crypto's really our know. savior. Oh, actually, crypto's our tracking mechanism. I don't Yeah. It's, it's the evolution know. of digital I, currency. I, 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 I really, I have no, I, literally, when you guys were talking about crypto before, I was like, okay, I have nothing to add. I don't know. <laughs> I don't even know what it's, it is. It's like an immutable ledger is the difference between that and banking is that yeah. there's an online ledger that can't, supposedly can't be tampered with. So you can, right. everything's there for view. Right. And decentralized digital banking. Right. And, Stores of value, different cryptocurrencies have different characteristics, so they're easier, harder to move. And then sometimes you get into it where certain types of crypto can do things, like on a certain network, you can give someone mm-hmm. one and it'll give you a thousand views on the network. Or so they're called smart contracts that they can build in so that they actually do things instead of just being like bland currency. Well, like how do you buy stuff with it? Um, give it to somebody. You got to sell it usually for dollars on Coinbase or something like that, or you can trade it to someone that wants to take it for currency. It's as simple as this. I, uh, I would like those glasses, sir, and I'll give you a rock for it. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> so if I've got if I've got uh, an account with five crypto in it, mm-hmm. I could be like, "Hey, that jacket's mighty fine. I'll give you a crypto for it." You yeah. Know, I just generic. I'll say Ethereum, and yeah. then you'll be like, "Okay," and then I just text it to you. You know, just. Whoosh. And then how do I? But like, can I take that to the Seven Eleven and buy gas with it? I, no, you move it over to your wallet on this website called Coinbase.com or something like that. Where and then they'll buy your Ethereum and give you dollars. And okay. it'll direct deposit it into your bank account but, within uh, like a day or something. Soon. 
probably in the next, you know, five, 10 years, you will be able to go to 7-Eleven and use crypto. Costa Rica just named just Bitcoin their national currency. Oh, El, Salva- El Salvador. Yeah, El Salvador. El Salvador. Yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah. So they're, they're a crypto economy now and it's been really great for their, co- for their standard of living. No Because Bitcoin is, uh, uh, there's only so many. So it's, uh, you can't, you can't print more. It's mined through a complicated process and there's only so many that can exist. Which means after a long enough period of time, the value can only go up because the amount of Bitcoin can only go down. Well, there you go. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Predetermined deflationary currencies. It's pretty cool. And then you can sprint up as a million infinite amounts of them. Currency is going to be way different in the future. I don't think yeah. like the whole idea of yeah. current and currency, like that's electrical well, currency. Well, they're, they're, they're killing the dollar. I mean, yep. the, the dollar is not going to be worth very much very soon. Well, that's why mm-hmm. Ian was saying that crypto may be our downfall, our trap, because uh, I've talked about this before. While I'm a big fan of Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies, this, this new de- decentralized financial technology, it's all trackable. You can go online and search at, at Bitcoin addresses and see where the money has come from and where it's gone. Mm-hmm. So if you post on your website, like, here's my Bitcoin address, I can take it, I can search it, and I can see where you've put your money. Mm-hmm. You got a smart enough computer, you can track every single transaction, every single, you know, everywhere, mm-hmm. no matter what they do with it. All right. So uh, great reset. Bitcoin seems like it'll work really well for them, to be honest. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Let's go to Super Chats, though. Oh, wow, yeah. If you haven't already, smash that like button. Honk that like button. Subscribe to this channel. Share the show with your friends. Go to TimCast.com. We're going to have a members-only segment coming up at TimCast.com at about 11 p.m. So with your support as members, we're able to keep doing all this work, and we'd be eternally grateful if you would help us out. But now, let's read what y'all have to say in the Super Chats. All right. We got Buck Muskie. He says, my country has lost its democracy. Even if we can somehow get rid of our authoritarian leaders, how can we as citizens ever come back from this great divide the state-funded media has worked so hard to create? We're doomed. I would like to say I think it is about friendship. Like what you were saying, Nick, in Hollywood, no matter what your political things are, you have friends. You have a community of people that know you and love you and that you love that will work with you no matter what your political values are. And I think that's going to always be the case. All right. Samuel Pyle says, when I try to log uh, log into TimCast.com on Chrome, it has the font white on white background. But if I lock in, log in on Brave, it does the normal black on white. I don't know if this is a glitch or Google trying to censor you. I'm a gorilla. Well, good gorilla, sir. I don't know either. There have been some bugs because we, we recently did a major upgrade on the site, which is going to streamline the process and reduce the errors. But this could mean that there are some errors popping up. So uh, if, you, if anybody's having any issues, just email members at TimCast.com and we'll, we'll get you set up. All right. Jeffrey says Super Bowl tickets are like $10,000 corporate AF. Oh, okay. Is that why they want, they want to shut down the Super Bowl? Because oh, no regular person can go there anyway? But also, it's like, a, do they even want to shut down the Super Bowl? Yeah, we don't know. We have no clue. I mean, I enjoy the Super Bowl. Not that I'm a big football fan or anything, but Sunday, we're going to be hanging out. We're going to have wings and mm. pizza. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah, I like a good slant. Hit your wide receiver over by the sideline, especially if they can jump over the cornerback, man. It's something like everyone has agreed we're going to hang out and eat good food yeah. everyone has agreed it's, it's to sort of chips dip and wings That's yeah exactly right. exactly how, how are you gonna argue with that it's like a holiday it's, uh, it's cincinnati and <laughs> well I, I don't even watch the game to be honest yeah. we turn it on and then we eat wings and everybody hangs out tim yeah. goes i can't wait for the halftime show i just love these watch <laughs> well, the yeah. commercials so the commercials are honestly pretty funny usually Sometimes. but i feel like they're going to be woke this year oh, oh they're, they're, really no they were woke last year they're not going to stop i was on a super bowl commercial one year i think it was 2007 are you serious it's the orbit gum 
commercial where uh, the clipping my nose hairs in the oh, mirror and then my roommate eats his noodle. Really? The, yeah. Oh, it's I'm online. Gonna... It's on YouTube. Check it out. What? Well, we, I'm gonna pull that up. <laughs> <laughs> Write that down. I want to pull that up okay, after the show. Uh, no Super Bowl, man. It's a, it's a lot of fun. Um, but the uh, but I like the woke commercials because they're funny. Yeah, it's hilarious. <laughs> it's, it's like they're, 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 it's like you ever see the movie The Room. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, oh hi Mark or whatever. Like that's what it's like. It's like it's so bad, it's good. Right. But then, uh, uh, you know, just just everyone everyone can realize that when when the really awful uh, Super Bowl commercials come out, we can just make videos about them and talk about why they're bad. That's, that's true. true. And then yeah. uh, it, it's content. Business yeah, booming. it is. Dude, content. Yeah, business is booming. I'm <laughs> I'm half kidding by the yeah. way. I can't wait for history books to talk about the Super Bowl commercial that saved America. Ooh. Like what? Whatever company oh, donates right. a lot of Finally, money yeah. to to either a getting the history books made or b funding the political career of a politician who decides yes. they need to use that curriculum the is books. just going to be blown up. Like this Super Bowl ad was revolutionary. It fixed the country. It solved yeah. the civil rights struggle. Whatever. <laughs> One tweet can save. All right. <laughs> BD says need to get Viva Fry on to talk about the legal side. The government can and can't do i would love to have viva back on especially with his experience on the ground with the truckers once they if, lift those restrictions i bet we can for oh for once, they end, yeah, once they end yeah once the honking well um, once viva's you know wrapping up his coverage whatever that might be maybe he'll stay afterwards maybe he'll he'll, he'll leave early i don't know but viva we'd love to have you on the show big fans you guys can uh, support viva fry f-r-e-i on youtube he's been streaming on the ground welcome to costco <laughs> all right Stephen Hung says the convoys spread all over the world. When we win, people of the future will recognize gas cans and the Canadian goose as symbols of freedom, not the bald eagle. How does that make you Americans feel? Okay. Honk, honk. Okay. I dig it. I, I don't know. It. The Canada goose is awesome. Dude, I'm all for it. I got your back, bro. Yeah. Hey, we Canadians got, we got awesome. those, those silly geese here. Oh. It's, it's the Canada goose, right? Not the yeah. Canadian goose. I think it's called Canadian goose. You want to Google it? Oh, what do you have? Get it up now. Okay. I like I gray saw, goose. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, oh, yeah. That's, a that's a bit different. <laughs> a little different. I was at, when I lived in LA. There are these giant white geese that hang out at this one park by the water, and they're massive. Yeah, Canada goose. Canada oh. goose, and they run up to you and they they attack you and try and steal from you. Like they're they're not scared of you at all. No, they're on the golf course. They'd be soon. scared of me. Oh, yeah. I'd teach them a lesson. Yeah, you know what I mean? Tall. Yeah. <laughs> nope. The last of my kind says, "Don't fight an alligator underwater." My man Ian rolled a twenty when he said this, dude. That was in reference to if someone, if you're going to argue with someone, don't play their game on in their way. That's true. And we'll be seed so much to the left by giving them the linguistic territory, right? We use all of their terms when we debate them. It's crazy. Or the right. Yep. Just it's attack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's because the the you know what it is. The establishment left is a big clique of trendy morons on the playground, mm-hmm. who for no reason like yo-yos, but because the TV told them to. And the Republicans are like the suit-wearing stodgy kids who are like, well, I could yo-yo too, but yo-yos are dumb anyway. Why won't you listen to me? I'm trying to argue with you. <laughs> Not every single person, but eventually people start breaking away and they're like, I don't care for yo-yos, man. Let's go hang out somewhere else. Yeah. Or like the crowd of yo-yo people are just getting really mean and nasty. Mm-hmm. I just, you know what I can't understand is the desire to be a part of, an, of, a, of, a, of a mean girl squad. <laughs> you know what I mean? That somewhat figuratively, like... To throw it back to, the, to, to like the Young Turks, they're just mean people, you know? Like Angry we, for sure, yeah. Well, mean's no, an interesting mean. word. Like they're in mean. math, the mean is the average. And I think of when you're <laughs> mean. Okay, okay, stop, just stop. <laughs> they are, they are uh, disrespectful. They are angry. They are generally mean people. Instead of saying like, I, I hereby, you know, I humbly disagree with, with you, good sir. They like mock appearances. 
They call people dumb and stupid. They, you know, Anna has overtly been like, I'm better than you. Yep. Like from the guy from Globo Gym and Dodgeball. Jeez, yeah. I just don't understand why anybody would be a fan of like those people. I was watching Hassan, uh, uh, the other, like, uh, this morning when I was watching his take on Joe Rogan and he was like, Joe's not, he's like Joe, like Joe Biden is way more racist than Joe Rogan. I'm like, I can understand watching Hassan, at least in that capacity, cause like he was like calm about his approach. It's probably why he got so much bigger than the Young Turks. Mm-hmm. The young Turks are trying not being so mean to people cause it's kind of off-putting. Let me quickly give you my theory about the meaning of life. When you talk about the word mean, in math, mean is an average. So when they say, what is the meaning of life? I believe the meaning is the process of bringing life back to the middle. And it's constant. When things are bad, they get good. When things are good, they get bad. And that's the meaning. Moderation. I'm not quite it's sure a verb. That, that moderation is a verb. It's a, it's a, con- yeah, it's a present tense verb. Just a semantic so argument, if I'm, if I'm mean to somebody, I'm bringing things back to the middle. Yeah, <laughs> depends, kind of, kind of that's what that who you're being mean to. And you yeah, know, sometimes yeah. you notice if you're really nice to mean people, they get more angry. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's That's true. the meaning. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. That's the meaning. I guess so. You're bringing, you, there, it's, it's like, you know, it's, it's forcing it apart, actually. Hmm. Your niceness comes in, so it's an equal and opposite reaction. All right. Richard Cranium says, Nick, loved you and justified. The chemistry between you and Timothy Oliphant made that series great. Any chance he'll be present in the upcoming revisitation of the series? Not much of a chance, no. I mean, the series that they're doing now is set eight years later. I was one year away from retirement in the show. (laughs) If I if I show up in this one, I'll probably be a Walmart greeter or something. (laughs) That's awesome. All right, let's grab some more Super Chats. Arctic Shadow says, The Daily Wire is releasing a new movie tonight. What a great night to have on Nick Searcy. Can you ask him what he thinks about the Daily Wire standing up to Hollywood's toxic culture? Oh, well, you know, I think that what the Daily Wire is doing is what we have to do, which is basically build a new Hollywood. We have to yep. we have to build our own apparatus. We have to make our own movies. We have to build platforms to deliver them. And I think, you know, Daily Wire is really uh, really kind of setting the, t- the tone for all that. And uh, they made a really smart decision putting me in their next movie. Terror on the Prairie coming out June the tenth with Gina what, Carano. What is that about? It's uh, it's well, it's Terror on the Prairie. It's about a a, a family in the um, 1880s, and I play a uh, a Civil War captain who's unrepentant and has a has a little revenge that he has to execute on on a number of people. Okay. Union or Confederate? Confederate. Ah, so he's met at the North, and he's. No, it's more than that. I mean, he was, it's sort of like, I don't want to give away the whole plot, oh, but, awesome. but, you know, but he, uh, you know, he, there was a, a number of so, people who were traitors to him that got his daughter killed. So, so eight, he's mm-hmm. set in the 1880s. So you're using uh, single action revolvers on yeah. set, I'd imagine. Yeah. Yeah. And Alec Winchesters. Yeah. And, yeah. And did, was that, was that where Hannah was the armorer or no? No, that was oh, not. That was the previous movie. She was on, but it oh, was, that be, was the other one with, Nick with Cage, Nicolas so. Cage. Yeah. And, but it's similar. I mean, that one was kind of set in the same, same time period. You know? Yes. Yeah, so I, you know, I, I was, I was trying to figure out all the guns and stuff when I was reading about Alec Baldwin, like what gun would it have been? What ammo, what, you know, what size and all that looking at the, the era of the movie. So like right when the story broke, I researched the, the premise of the film, the time period to figure out what kind of gun he'd be using on set. Right. And then you quickly learn it was a single-action revolver that can't be fired unless you pull the trigger. Right. you right. got to pull the hammer back first, then pull the trigger. Yeah. So that's that sounds intentional. But, hey, that's just me. Yeah. All right. Let's see what we got here. Bobby Moody says, Give, Send, Go says Canada has zero jurisdiction over them. That's right. 
But we'll see how that plays out. John S. says, the Young Turks have always been evil. Even way back when they spoke out against the Iraq war, they only spoke out because they were paid to hate Bush. I mean, I don't know about all that. I didn't watch him all, all that long ago. If there's one thing that Chank knows how to do, it's hate. <laughs> he really hated George Bush. And I was, I watched. I know. It's just, it's so weird. No, Chank, you're cool, man. I like you. Chank's cool. Uh, you look, I can give him respect for, for his hard work, you know, and I, I, I mean that legitimately, but I don't understand why they're so mean. Maybe that's why their views, you know, are, a, are lower than they were in the past. Like they've got, they've got six, to, five times the subs that we do and they get less views per video. And maybe it's because they're just mean people. They're miserable. Yeah. They're, yeah. Nobody, leftists are well, basically miserable at the core. I think beyond that too, the fact is everyone knows that if they want to hear a left-wing perspective on current issues, they just turn their television on. And I understand that TYT is an establishment left in the exact same way, but that's a much smaller niche audience. It's true. You can get their stuff all over the place. Mm -hmm. Every network has it. Yeah. Jay McMiddle. Exactly. He says, for Ian, the Turks would spit on your gums if your teeth were on fire. That's okay. You're a good dude, man, but bad people exist. Propping them up legitimizes them. Well, I mean, I wouldn't expect them to do anything for me. They don't, they don't owe me anything. Even if your teeth are on fire, bro? Yeah, they don't owe me, they don't owe me anything. Gergi says, I don't care what Anna says to him. I think you are one hot hunk of a man. That's right. Thank you, Gurgi. That's right. Did they say that or did you? That's what? right. I said that. You're like, correct, sir. Yeah, no, I don't care if, they, if they're mad that I we, we cited these studies. It's true. Conservatives tend to be more attractive than liberals. It's it's literally. Or is it that attractive people tend to be more conservative? Exactly. That I'm, was the point I was making. Yeah. I'm living proof. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Absolutely. Exactly. If, exactly. if you grow up uh, and you're attractive, you're going to be more individualist because you'll get by easier and think anybody can do this. More and if happy with the status quo. And if you're ugly, you're going to need to band together because you have less power, less privilege. It was so weird because I was making like a lefty argument about privilege and they got mad at me for it. It just goes to show that it's not about principle or issue. I call it bugs bunnying. I do this uh, on Facebook every so often. I get people who are tribal leftists to argue against their own positions because I adopt the position they're supposedly for. So, you know, I can make comments that are seemingly pro-choice and then all of a sudden have these tribal leftists on Facebook making comments that are strangely pro-life. <laughs> like, you know, not, not completely, yeah. but weirdly in favor of government control of health care, restricting it, women's access. It's called, you know, you know, how Bugs Bunny had the duck season, rabbit season thing. <laughs> right. And yeah. then he's like, it's rabbit season, flips it on Daffy. That's why yeah. I call it Bugs Bunnying. <laughs> so it's like I do a segment that argues the left's position and then the, the Young Turks come out, and make a video insulting me and mocking yeah. the idea that actually benefits the left's perspective on privilege. Mm -hmm. I didn't do that on purpose, but it's just a funny circumstance. You well, know? and speaking of, of pro-choice on the after show, big discussion about Gosnell on the documentary. Yeah, we're going to be – you guys, seriously, if you don't know the story of Gosnell, Bad. you want to check out this members-only segment we're going to do. It's so gruesome that I don't think we can actually talk about it live on YouTube. And it's not about like an overt, you know, getting censored thing. It's it's an overtly unfamily-friendly thing that's going to make a lot of people un gruesome gruesome mm -hmm. but we'll talk about it. watch the segment yeah please yeah we'll read some more please it's crazy it's crazy and uh, you uh, you directed or i directed it and, yeah and played gosnell's attorney oh, oh wow <laughs> <laughs> yikes all right let's see gabriel mcleod says on a podcast with jordan peterson and sam harris it was said that quote no amount of evidence could ever be offered to change the minds of people who do not value evidence people will remain willfully ignorant because it is safe and that's why it's just don't argue with these people. What's the point? Mm -hmm. No. We need to build infrastructure. 
Uh, Gab is talking about, I don't know, uh, maybe not Gab, but I think they're talking about doing a payment processor or something like that. Yes, that was Gab. That was it Gab? Andrew Torba. Dan Bongino was mentioning they have, you know, more uh, right-leaning um, payment processors. The right just needs to build their own infrastructure so they can't, keep, they can't be cut out of the economy. And you know what? It'll create a parallel economy, but so be it. Mm-hmm. And their own entertainment system. Yeah, yeah, absolutely agreed. Yeah. I want to absolutely figure out a way for people that. to share content on the internet for free and then it, the, it to track the content back to the creator so that like I can let you sell my movie without having to interact with you. You'll get a cut and then the majority goes to me because I'm the creator, but yeah. just for it to be able to be followed and then I think I'll cut back on piracy. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Wes says, Mr. Cersei, head of state, you played a very stereotypical Republican. Funny movie. Chris Rock is great. Your bit was funny. However, how do you look back on that 2003 film in today's political climate? I was actually playing Al Gore. Uh, Chris Rock even told me, he said, you're doing Al Gore, aren't you? Because <laughs> <laughs> it was very stiff and, you know, it, it was just sort of, you know, the, the characterization. But, I mean, you know, that, that movie was, it's one of those uh, movies that doesn't say which party anybody's in. You know, it, it, they never yes. identified it as Democrat or Republican. But, you know, you have the, uh, the progressive sort of black candidate, Chris Rock, and I'm the, uh, I'm the vice president who thinks it's my turn to be president. Mm. So that's Al Gore. I didn't, I didn't see it that I was playing a Republican. I was playing Al Gore. Oh. Oh, interesting. <laughs> All right. Taylor Cook says, a law is just what some group of people with just enough power agree to. This is why morality is so important. Legal doesn't mean right. Illegal doesn't mean wrong. Mm. And a, a good example of this is, if you think the law is what matters, a big mistake the Republicans made just going for judges, there are many laws in the books that we don't enforce. Have you ever seen these stories about like wacky old laws? There's like a, a, a one I, I like to reference where it's you can't put a pie on your windowsill on Sundays or something like that. Mm-hmm. And it was because back in the day when you lived in these small towns, it would attract bears or something. Right. Now it's meaningless. So you put a pie on your windowsill, nobody cares. Mm-hmm. But it's overtly illegal. Mm-hmm. We just don't care anymore. Mm-hmm. So the law is, is, means a lot less than cultural enforcement. If tomorrow every person in America woke up and said, you know, it should be illegal to do jumping jacks, then the cops would be like, hey, look, everybody wants us to arrest you for doing this. You know, it just happened. Steven says, I love the sound of honking in the morning. It smells like victory. Yes. <laughs> Greta Thanos. All right. Says oh <laughs> people need to wake up and realize the tactics being deployed are in direct defiance of the Constitution with the intent to destroy the Constitution. This entire scenario ends with the extermination of anyone of Western European descent. I don't know about that that part uh, at, at the end. I think it's more about ideologies because if you look at the um, uh, Latino migrants in this country, they're starting to become overwhelmingly pro-freedom and they're, yeah. and they're siding with Republicans on a lot of these issues. So a lot of people, you know, I, 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 I can't stand the um, people who see, who think race, race is, the, is the key component of everything oh, that's going it's on because it's not. It's ideology. Right. It's it is. Completely ideology. And when they talk about diversity, they only are talking about race. They're certainly not talking about diversity of opinion. Right. That's why they said Black Panther was a diverse movie, even though the majority of actors in it were black. Yeah. It's not. It's just woke. That's right. I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Tony Bone says, Nick Searcy, a.k.a. U.S. Marshal, Art Mullen, and I just started rewatching Justified, still as great as I remember. Right on. Great show. Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's see what else we got here. Let's see. I don't know what that one means, so we'll just keep going. Brian Ackner says, if it was an insurrection who stopped it, 
Also, Lydia, when can you get Patrick and Adriana from Red Pilled America on? Oh. They are creating some great content. Interesting. I'll look them up. They're good friends of mine. Oh, cool. They did an episode on me not long Hmm. ago. Very cool. I'm writing them down. All right. Ben Hickson says, Tim to an abused spouse. You need to get away from them. Ian to an abused spouse. They still love. They could change. Ian is the problem, allow, allowing bad faith actors to get away with everything for peace. I actually lived in an apartment building about six years ago, and I could hear the man beating the woman through the wall. He would come home from work, and she'd be like, meh, meh, meh. And then he'd be like, meh. And then I'd hear, meh, 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 meh. He'd go, meh. And then he'd go erratic. Like, she taunted him, and then he'd start slamming walls and her screaming. So I called the cops, bro. Do what's right. All right, here's a very important one. Bomb Globe says, Ian, babe, baby, hun, sweetie. What? That's it. That's what I'm talking about. (laughs) (laughs) Jason M says, Nick Cersei is amazing. Art Mullen rules. Ian, he sounds like a plan, a a, a plant from the feds. Oh, no. That's what I'm trying to portray. Don't you get it? We need diversity. (laughs) He's a method actor. Yeah, he sure is. Daniel Brent said, Ian's rolling a 20 tonight in the form of 20 different ones. (laughs) Oh, no. Give that boy some DMT. Who, Who said that? Daniel? Daniel Brent. What's up, dude? Nice, <laughs> nice one. <laughs> so uh, in, D- in Dungeons & Dragons, you roll for things to happen. Mm-hmm. And when you roll 20, it's the highest you can get. So it's like critical success. Mm-hmm. And when you roll a 1, it's abysmal failure. Okay. So that's what it means when Ian rolls a <laughs> I'm 1. I'm extreme. Okay. It means he's not doing – he's making bad points. Leave it to me. But there are some people who who who, who, uh, who like Ian. They're you know, yeah, they're evil. It's yeah. part of why I do, well. <laughs> I do well on shows like this because when I swing and miss, Tim's really good, or you guys uh, like being like, hey, I'll, I'll take this one guy. We'll push back. Jason yeah, M talk. says, "I don't know. I can't. I don't know if I can make out what you're trying to say in the beginning." He says, "Are you sure you know Ian? One hundred percent. He talks like he's a plant from the feds. Seriously, pay attention to his words." Yes, we know Ian. Ian, I don't I, think Ian's a plant. I don't uh, think Ian either. does enough. Like, if he was a fed, the feds would be like, come on, do something. I had a vision last night of going to Congress with Thomas Massey and telling everyone about friendship and how important <laughs> it is. <laughs> and bringing them all together and having a picnic out of okay, his farm we need or something. To, that needs to be a cartoon. Can't yeah. do yeah, listen. Yeah, we should, let's all go. Can't. Let's get Congress to go on a picnic together. The power out, of man. friendship. Yeah. What is, that's like my little Cause pony. Because I looked over yeah. at Nancy Pelosi. She was like, He's right. Like, after all is said and done, it is about like, hanging out with your friends. Well, I mean, to I be fair, too. Nancy Pelosi and Mitch McConnell realizing they're friends and then just like, you know, going on top of a, a building and having watching a Hunger Games style fight of poor people while <laughs> yeah, they drink exactly. expensive wine. That makes that's the kind of friendship maybe, they'd have. Maybe they are friends and it's theater. Yeah, yeah. Oh. I bet they are. They're all in Cornelius says, Ian, I love you, brother. Man, you are rolling ones tonight. Uh-oh. Tim, you should look no. into getting John Schaefer on. He's an amazing guitar player in the band Iced Earth, and he was at the Capitol for January 6th. Was he in the Capitol or was he at the rally? It's an interesting question. Mm. AA Dub says, last night was the first time in my 41 years that I donated to a political campaign. I sent $50 to both. 25 years in a kitchen, 15 years as a chef. I would like a chance to help with Free Domestan or as a private chef if, if, if you're interested. Awesome jacket, Nick. It we are a, actually it is a cool jacket, by yeah. the way. I, yeah. My I daughter made this jacket. That's Whoa! Amazing. Does she sell them? Made it. She, so yeah. she, does she sell stuff? Sell clothes? No. Oh, she just uh, she started quilting a few years ago, and then she's built up to this. That's so awesome. it's just That's awesome. it's incredible. It's cool. Yeah. It's a great. We uh, we are planning on hiring a chef. Yeah. But um, I don't know to what degree we can get a good chef. You know, I so. had a chef. 
hit me up just now during the show and he wants to come on and talk about oh, well, events. You know, yeah, so this we guy. So the idea is with the new facility and as we're expanding, it, it would actually be cheaper for us to have someone buy the food and cook it as opposed to constantly ordering out. Super expensive and unhealthy. Yeah. And for the crew, for a variety of reasons, we often do order so we can have events here, either for meetings or because we're having a get together for, you know, we filmed the green room and so we need supplies. So we were thinking, I was thinking about it. I'm like, we could, we could just hire someone. They could, it'd be so much cheaper to just pick up a, bu- a bunch of steaks from the store and then just make some really healthy stuff. Everyone would be eating better. It would be saving us money. And you'd be hiring, getting someone a job. Exactly. And we'd be creating jobs. Yeah. We would be job creators. That's right. Just Dying. make sure they're not infiltrators. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. I'll taste the food. Me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Ian has to eat it first. And I sure will. <laughs> Dionysus says, Ian, Ian's roll streaks is taking a hit this match. Come back, we'll come out of nowhere. Come it's back, true, we'll come out of nowhere. Yeah. He, he will, it will, there will be, if, if anyone thinks he's rolling ones, there will be a comeback. Ian's gonna roll That's some the 20s. Point. That's I, right. I learned in school, it. actually, when I was little, I used to get all A's. And then I started getting A minuses and B's, and they're like, what's wrong? And I was like, I don't like doing homework. Mm-hmm. They're like, well, and I realized they expected me to get A's because I had gotten A's before. So I was like, well, if I, if I try a little less, then they won't expect too much from me. Yeah. So yeah. that's kind of how I live. I mm. B plus. And then when I crack it out of the park, they're like, whoa. Yeah. Yeah. I had, I had kind of an epiphany when I was a kid and I was just like, grades don't matter. Huh? What's the point? I said that to a teacher. All you got to do is yeah. pass <laughs> and D passes. If you want to go to the next grade, just do the bare minimum. C's get degrees. They yeah. Say. Look, no, what, they still what, say it, Lydia. What do you get by getting straight A's? And I was just That's like, my whole life I got straight A's. And for what? I liked it. And so I was just like, meh. My buddy's dad gave him like 20 bucks an A. Oh. I thought that Well, was I guess so it depends on if you want to go off to a prestigious university. Yeah. You've got to have a really high GPA. But yeah, I didn't, I didn't so. do that. It's yeah, I didn't do it either. Marshall, uh, Marshall says, can Nick yell Parker? Well, Parker. You yell, but is that from something? <laughs> Parker. Yeah, that was a <laughs> show called Seven Days. Oh, right. 1998 to 2001. Wow. Cool, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've been around a long oh, time. I'm yeah. tired. What year did you start? <laughs> uh, well, I moved to New York in 1982 after college to be an actor. Where would you go to college? University of North Carolina. Was it for acting? English major. But I did a lot of plays. Was there act, like acting? How do you get into acting in New York? Is it show up and knock on someone's door? Yeah, audition for plays. I mean, back then, the way you, the path for an actor back then was you get a play you, and you get somebody to come see you. Oh. You know, cause there wasn't YouTube, there wasn't right. anything, you know, and so you just tried to get, get somebody to come see you in a play and. You like send flyers to agencies and be like, I'm gonna be performing here. Yeah, send out little postcards with your picture on it. That's Hi, this great. week I did this and then I had a few beers and whatever. You're just trying to put your face in front of It was of them. so interesting to be in Hollywood during the transition to internet video because people kept doing that. They kept sending postcards and I was like, dude, it's 2007. Right. And people are watching YouTube Yo. now, but it took that, it took them so long to transition. Yeah. I still have musicians. That I'll meet and they'll be like, I'll be like, do you have some music? Like, I have CDs. Not what? even kidding. What? what? Yeah. And I'm like, what? I don't have a CD player. <laughs> For real? <laughs> though. I, I got some cassettes. Yeah, yeah. I can't <laughs> even put it in my PlayStation. It doesn't even play CDs. Eight yeah. tracks only. Yeah. Well, that's yeah, why, you know, the DVDs are for the old people. Oh, but people yeah. can get it online, too. We'll talk yeah. about that at the end. Right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Justin says, can you adopt a Canadian? I hate it here. We can't. It's actually really hard to hire Canadians. It's, it's hard, crazy. Yeah. Move down. You can do it. You got to move here, you know. Correct. Well, if he's vaccinated, you're gonna. Mm, yeah, <laughs> it's so hard. All right, let's grab another super chat. Just scrolling through and see what we got going on. 
I can't read this name because it's in what looks like simplified Cantonese, but he said, uh-huh. Ian is incomprehensible. LMAO, absolutely insane. I love it. <laughs> well, you see, here, here's the thing, Ian. Here's the thing. There have been, I think, three conversations we've had where you started you started arguing not based on what we we're talking about, but on a different definition of the word. I'm glad you noticed. And, well, people aren't fans of Wait, me. I don't know. We, well, we could get into that later. Like, the, the easiest example is the one is when I said they're so mean. You said mean means average. And in the oh, universe, right. like, like with, you're not talking sometimes if, about if what people we're talking are, about. are being really nice all the time, you see people get angry. And then if some people are really angry all the time, you see people trying to be nice. But, but like, that's pur- mean. But the purpose is. Like, why, are you, why are you trying to change you my feelings? You weren't meaningfully engaging with the conversation. You might be right about that. Yeah. I think that's what they're saying. So well, it's like. Also, interesting what they say. It sounds like I'm saying nonsense. It's like if some two people are talking Spanish and you don't understand it, it's going to sound like they're talking in nonsense. LOL. What are they even talking about? They're, they're, they're stupid because they're not making any sense. Mm. But just because you don't understand them. Uriel says, Ian, check your last Twitter post. I sent you a link to your Orbit commercial. Oh, cool. Oh, neat. Ian's got a Super Bowl commercial. <laughs> I got to look this yeah, up. Yeah, they end up running on the Super Bowl. How it was funny. weird. It was, uh, early on in my career. It was the third commercial I did. I did a Dr. Pepper commercial. Um, people don't, people don't never get ran. that. Cause we've had people be like, who's this Ian guy? Like, we know Freedom Tunes. Like, yo. Ian's I had a Super Bowl. I definitely commercial. had a chance to go into that career path, the Hollywood career, but YouTube was so enticing. Just being able to speak my mind, the freedom that comes with that is, uh, Immeasurable monetarily. Missy says, Tim, are you coming around to my line of thinking that Vice News provoking supremacists in Charlottesville was theater? Mm. No. Yeah, I think I think Vice went down there to film to get clicks. That's what Vice News does. Yeah, Vice used to be good. It really did. That's why I wanted to work there. And when we went on the ground and we covered these stories... There was no one telling us what we had to do. It was just we, we just covered the stories. It was a lot of fun. I really liked Hannibal Burris's, um He he would like go and do different drugs in different countries where they would. Hannibal do, Burris is that his last? No, not Burris. That's yeah, a comedian. comedian yeah. Shout out Hannibal. <laughs> Han- What's Hannibal's name? Last name? I don't think his name is Hannibal. You're right. <laughs> who are you talking about? The guy who he's a Vice documentary. He's the son of that filmmaker guy. Oh, man, yeah. Vice had this great we'll guy. Google him. Yeah, yeah. Look, Google Vice drug guy. Vice? Drug people guy. are people are gonna they'll, they'll chat his That's name. Awesome yeah, Hamilton. Hamilton. Hamilton Morris, I think, is oh, his last okay. name. Well, Hamilton. Yes. All right. Here's what we're gonna do. I want to talk to you, uh, Nick, about your your film Gosnell, that story, and and a lot more around Hollywood. But this is such a gruesome story that it's gonna be in the member segment. So go to timcast.com, become a member, sign up. We'll have this up for you around 11 or so p.m. Watch it. Watch all of the other content we have in, the, in our library. We had Thomas Massey and Marjorie Taylor Greene on last night. That was a really interesting conversation. And we are funded by your memberships. It helps run this business. So we're eternally grateful. You can follow me at TimCast on Instagram or wherever. You can follow the show at TimCast IRL. Uh, Nick, did you want to shout anything out? I'm sorry. I took my head oh, You want to shout anything out? Oh, no. Just go to CapitalPunishmentTheMovie.com and check out the documentary. That's Do you have a uh, social media, Twitter, anything like that? Yeah. Yes, Nick Searcy at, at Twitter. I don't recommend it. <laughs> I have my, my button hovering over the follow. Are you sure? It's, an, it's a knife fight. My, my Twitter I'm feed following is a knife anyway, fight. I'm very mean. Yeah, I'm oh, very boy. mean. Okay, I might unfollow you, but it's not personal. <laughs> All right. It's more about mental it's, health. It, my mother keeps telling me, you need to shut that thing oh, down. That is, you need to get off that Twitter. Text true. Do you think Twitter has brought out the best in anyone? No. Ever? Yeah. It's yeah. so horrible. A good day on Twitter is like you were mean to someone else but people thought it was funny and then a bad day on Twitter is everyone's being mean to you it's just a horrible (laughs) platform it's true what the website is hold on hold on it's true I ignore responses so people are mean to me and I don't care 
Yeah. And I, I'm not mean to other people. No, I'm, I'm, I'm I'll quote them maybe, but I really love it. You know, it's like, you know, when I post nonsense on Twitter and people eat it up. Well, yeah, no, you can also just post jokes too, but I think the vast majority of it is just people trying to dunk on each other. Yeah. I, I love, I love it. I, I hate it for a long time. I, I like think it's it. destroying civilization, but I love, <laughs> I love how serious journalists take it. Yeah. And oh, then yeah. I can post the stupidest thing and they write a story. Like I, I wrote impeach the queen. Yes. And I got a whole article about written it. up about me saying Tim Pool calls for impeaching Queen Elizabeth. <laughs> it's 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 amazing. I love it. Yeah, that's, that's hysterical. Awesome. Yeah. No, I look at it like improv class. It's like you know, I'm just sort <laughs> yeah. of trading barbs with people. You know, We're workshopping mm-hmm. jokes here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, um, my name is Seamus Coglin. I'm a cartoonist. I have a YouTube channel called Freedom Tunes. We release a new cartoon every Thursday. We released one today called Fed Talks about. The involvement of feds in trying to infiltrate right-wing movements and entrap people. I think you guys are going to enjoy it. It's doing pretty well. And thank you so much for stopping by and watching the show. And I hope you check out my YouTube channel. I'm Ian Crossland. Great to see you guys. Nick, thank you so much for coming, man. And this is, the, yeah. again, the documentary is Capital Punishment. Can I keep this one? Yeah, yeah. Thanks, absolutely. Dude. I'm really interested in this. And I, and I really – I think these people that are in prison, these people in solitary confinement, this is like the most maybe under-talked about, maybe next to the war in Yemen, the genocide in Yemen right now. This is like very, very – it's unbelievably awful. And, yeah. you know, there's a guy in there who testifies about how he's been, how he was treated when he was in there by the prison guards. Oh, it is really, really sick. And it, it's, it shouldn't be happening. Yeah. Capital punishment. You guys check it out. And thank you guys very much for tuning in. I have been remiss in my Freedom Tunes watching. I need to catch up on this one and the one before it, I'm afraid. I'm, I'm so sorry, Seamus. Sorry, I get it. Hey, we, get, I, we all get busy. I've sinned. I know. Anyway, you guys can follow me on Twitter and minds.com at Sour Patch Lids. Thanks for hanging out, everybody. Go to TimCast.com, become a member, and we will see you all there. Bye, guys.